Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zom. Once again, Yay! I'm the loaf. He is the zom, mm-hmm. and I don't feel very good. This is episode no. 26. We're doing some uh, stock car racing biopics this week. Uh, we have 1977's Greased Lightning with uh, Richard Pryor, Pam Greer, and the Lesser Bridges. Bo. And we have the last American hero from '73, with the Greater Bridges, <laughs> Jeff, and a little bit of Gary Busey, a little bit of William Smith, and a little bit of Valerie Perrine, but not quite enough. Mm. Um. So yeah. Uh. So last American nom, hero. Nom. They're both, uh, like I said, uh, based on the true stories of certain uh, NASCAR drivers, now called Sprint Cup or whatever the fuck it's called, formerly NASCAR. Junior Johnson from Stupid last American stuff. And um, what was the other guy's name? It's Wendell, well, Wendell Scott. Wendell yep. Scott. So. So, we're so we, are, we have just been discussing how well prepared we are for this show every week. <laughs> I can't uh, remember. I just watched it. <laughs> yeah, I've had a weird, a weird a week of, a of uh, not being able to sleep and then sleeping too much. And yeah. now I'm just like, I've got, I've, I'm constantly feeling like I just need to... <clears throat> So who knows what's happening inside? This was that like you? Was that was that just you yada yadaing yada yadaing? Yeah, you know, go. I feel like I'm gonna. <clears throat> or were you clear? Actually, clearing your throat. Let me clear my throat here. <clears> throat> um, oh. so, did I mention Pam Greer in there? Then anyway. So yeah, that's the movies we're going to be covering today. Just, you know, I'd like to have a big glass of chocolate milk. Keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, knows? Uh, before we do that, I, th- I guess we'll talk about what we've been watching this week. That sounds like a good idea. Well, you know, let's try something different and let's let's do that. You know, so, sometimes. Well, I guess first. I think the listeners might be interested in some of the other things that we've been watching. Yeah, well, I also didn't ask how you how you're doing this week. So, uh, how's your week been, sir? Um, since I went to day shift for that week, I have been so fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I sleep in like two hour intervals, and then right before it's time to go to work, I'm I'm desperate because I realize I've only slept like a couple of hours, and right, I doze right. off for maybe a 
half hour, 45 minutes right before I have to walk out the door, which I've just been completely and totally fucking miserable. I just fell asleep for probably the deepest sleep that I've had in a long time uh, right before the show and slept for maybe like an hour and 15 minutes. And that's why my brain is just – I'm not like – uh, what the fuck's that dickhead's name? Limitless. I'm not like that guy. I'm, I'm not using all the potential of my brain right now. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we're bringing. I think we're bringing some low energy I got some <laughs> to the show I got this week. Poop in my brain. The um, I had a weird week. Uh, I've had to move positions at um at Apple. Not due to my choice. Yeah. Um. Now I'm just now I'm just bent over a barrel. Uh, the um, you funny. So they you funny up, when you're yeah, sick. They <laughs> fucked up my schedule, so uh, I had to work at seven thirty this week, right after closing at the theater. So that's about four Ugh. hours of sleep there. And um, I've had two of the rudest, worst bitches customers this week of all time. One at Apple, one at the theater. One lady comes up, and um, I was you know telling her. Yeah, she's she was that she got there at noon for a twelve thirty appointment to get her phone worked on. Um, at twelve thirty seven, we're always behind in this in this part of the store because it's always crowded. The store is just not big. This, now, are you always behind in that part of the store, or always behind in that part of the store? Strangely, when you're working in that part of the store, <laughs> every day it's it's no matter when you go in there, they're always going to be like ten minutes behind at least. So at twelve thirty seven, she comes up to me and doesn't ask where where am I in line. She says, "I have to be seen immediately." And I'm like, oh, well, um, what's, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, okay, well, your appointment's at 1230. We're running slightly behind. And, and she's like, I have to pick up my kids. I need to be seen right now. I demand to be seen right now. I'm like, oh, oh well, there's a couple more people ahead of you. And, uh, you know, and it wouldn't be fair to them, you know, if I just let you jump in line. And she says, I don't give a fuck about anybody else. You need to get Whoa. somebody to see me right now, and I'm like, yeah. and I felt the, just the rage boiling in my. But you know, I had to just. You should have put them. your mask on and then like grab something out of your trunks and loaded up the front of it and headbutted <laughs> it right in the fucking on the bridge of the nose. Oh, she was fucking awful. And then um, <clears throat> at the theater, I had this lady that kept complaining about the sound in that stupid looking uh, Albert Knobs movie with Glenn Close. Mm. Um, is that the one where is Glenn Close a man in that, or is she just like a tranny? I think she's just cross dressing. Well, because it takes place in like the 18th uh, century, uh, so uh, like a like a gentle like Tootsie sort of thing. Yeah, yes, because like she dresses that way to get something. I don't know if she's trying to have a relationship with somebody or get a, like keep a job mm-hmm. to stay close yeah. to somebody, something like that. But this lady came out three times asking us, telling us the volume was messed up, and I went in there and it was like, okay, I mean, it's a quiet movie. It's in stereo. We have an old theater. Mm. So, mm. you know, most of the sound comes from the front. It, it's, if, mm-hmm. you, if you told her it's a stereo movie, it came from, the, came from the front, you'd see the whites of her eyes. Her teeth would be showing like, it's not a matter of turning up the volume. The speakers on the sides are not playing any audio. I'm like, do you know, I, I wanted to just say, do you know how fucking awful it would sound if voice was coming out of every fucking surround speaker? It's not a surround sound movie. So anyway, I just stood there arguing with this dumb bitch for like 30 minutes, and I wished her AIDS in her eyeballs 
in my brain, not 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 out loud, but your AIDS in her eyeballs. Yeah, she was she was a joyless hag, and fuck her. I hope she died in a car crash on the way home. See, the the weird thing about like how my brain works is, I would be totally pissed and everything, but then I would come home and jerk off. Uh, I'm thinking about her because she was such a fucking cunt. Uh, she was. I had like a lots of teachers like that too. That they would be such a bitch and so mean and everything. But strangely, I would want to have sex with them a lot. She no, she was gross. She was older. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't even matter. She's probably, that doesn't even fuck come into it. She was probably a a uh, closeted lesbian who. Uh, That's even better. She's probably like pissed that she can't hear this movie about this person that because somebody like that. Love. Yeah, somebody like that. The least, the less attractive it is, it's good because then it's like okay, it's like almost taboo that she'd be fucking some hog, ugly cunt. But if she was like a lesbian, it would be even better because then you know she doesn't want it, <laughs> and you're you're, you're like, it's like it's more a punishment thing. It's not a sexual thing. It's violence. Oh, Did I just describe what rape is? <laughs> what? Yeah, that went a little bit too far. I went a little too far. So we're going to rewind that part. I had a great week. How about you, Zom? Well, you know, <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> okay, let's 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 talk about what I've been watching. Um, I did not watch very much. This is no pun intended. Uh, I have been in like a blur. Days go really fast when you uh, sleep. Uh, a total of five hours in two weeks. <laughs> the first thing I watched I'm gay, um, was Viva Riva, and I forgot to say that. I, I watched that, uh, I think, last week, okay. and I even had it on my list, and for some reason I just uh, switched over it. And I will say that um, I never thought that – I'm. well, I still am not attracted to women pissing. Like squatting and pissing, but mm-hmm. that chick was hot with the kind of reddish, um, yes, like she afro. Was. She had a she, oh boy, she had a nice, nice uh, tight belly and just mm, numb, numb, numb. The next thing I watched <laughs> was a documentary, which I wonder in some ways. Okay, I know Quentin Tarantino got the idea for Inglorious Bastards. You know, there was a movie Inglorious Bastards with Bose Vincent and Fred Williamson. But this is a documentary about these uh, Jewish guys. And uh, during World War II, um, they had come from, say, uh, Germany, uh, immigrated uh, right when Hitler took over. And when you come, when you came over here, at first they said, you know, you cannot join the army because you're uh, like – uh, you could be a suspected foreign combatant or something like that. Well, then they realized, you know, we need these German-speaking people, and they wouldn't actually come out and tell them that they were officially soldiers, but they basically were soldiers. And there was, uh, but but they uh, these guys mostly worked in like intelligence, uh, interrogating Nazis, and because they were from Germany and. You know everything they spoke the language. One of them would dress up like in, in a um, in a. Um, Ru- they said the one thing that the Nazis feared more than anything was getting captured by the Russians or being turned over to the Russians. Mm-hmm. 
And so one guy would, you know, be dressed in an American uniform and he would be, you know, one of those guys. And then they would have another one of the guys standing off to the side or walking by the room and looking in in a Russian uniform. And they'd be like, you know, well, they play good cop, bad cop. Well, you know, you better tell us because if we don't get anything from you, our techniques are a lot different. And, you know, (laughs) if we can't get anything from you, we're going to turn you over to the Russians. And it was pretty clever. So anyway, that was pretty good. Um, All a true story, guy. Um, I just watched a movie called uh, A Call Girl. And this is a foreign chick. Foreign chick. It is a foreign chick, but it's also a foreign flick. And it's on Netflix Instant Watch. And um, I watched that this morning uh, right before I did doze off. Uh, It's pretty good. Um, Basically, Netflix Instant Watch, it's – kind of a, a pretty cute girl and uh she's having financial problems and her dad has some you know um like he's disabled and mm-hmm. and uh, uh they don't have any money and everything well like behind the scenes she starts becoming a call girl she puts like an ad in the newspaper that says you know uh innocent young 23 year old blah, blah 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 and then she goes and meets these these guys and fucks them to get money and um, she doesn't ever want him to find out and everything. But uh, the one part that really – there's, I mean, several parts that drive it. But uh, she goes to one room and um, um, and it's got some sex scenes in it. <laughs> uh, and uh, she goes into this one room and um, she gets something unexpected. And um, and then after that, you're like, oh god! And in in, in the scene is is pretty like, ooh, this is you know not good. And it really kind of, at first, I thought it was just going to be you know a kind of a sexy movie. That's not. Um, anyway, moving right along, the next thing I watched, um, and I I hate to not be able to say who turned me on to this, but it was one of our friends. Um, we were talking about Ben Gazzara, and they mentioned, you know, uh, he did a really good version of Bukowski. And um, I was like, well, you know, what? I never heard of him being in a movie, you know, about, you know, Bukowski. I know right. that, you know, Barfly and, uh, and um, uh, Factotum with Matt Dillon both were. And it's a movie um, called uh, Conte de la Folie Ordinaire, or Tales of Ordinary Madness. And this is – I got on Amazon and I bought it and got it on DVD and they you know, sent it to me. Um, but I, lo- I loved Factotum and Barfly and, um, and I've watched uh, a couple of documentaries on Bukowski and he was, you know, he was, a, he was an interesting fucker even though he was kind of a, 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 a dickhead. Yeah. Um, you know, if you ever see him doing the interview where he starts kicking his uh, girlfriend that's sitting on the couch. I know. That's so weird. He's a he's, he could well I mean he was a fucking drunk so yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway this is really good uh, they did do the uh, Henry uh, Chinaski name which is uh, or Chinansky name which is what you know he usually when he wrote about himself that was the name he used yeah. uh, he called himself something else in this one but it was the exact same because it's him and um, Gazar was fucking awesome in it uh, it also had uh, uh, Susan Tyrell and. Um, um, it had this hot chick in it, and she's on the cover, and he meets up with her, with her, this young girl. And uh, if you go to the Silva and Gold page right now, she is the first picture. I just posted it. 
And my fucking God, is she hot. <laughs> and she's real young. Say she's like 20 years old. And, of course, he's like 50-something. And, oh, my God. I just could just watch it. And I mean, she's a very, very super-duper strange and fucked-up person in this movie. But the actress... Ha! So, and I also a while back had posted a picture uh, when Ben Gazzara died of him sitting on a couch with this great big heavy lady in uh, panties and a bra, and that's from that movie. And you also <laughs> get to see Susan Tyrell, um, kind of this crazy playing this crazy strange nympho chick, and uh, it's good. It's got it's a lot of funny stuff in it. But it, you know, also you know his his uh, his poetry and his his words. Where, um, you know, it's like this girl's a uh, young girl, not that girl, but another young girl who's probably like supposed to be like 17 years old or something like that. <laughs> She's like, where does poetry come from? Show me your titties and I'll write a poem for you because he's a lech, man. Yeah. It's great. Uh, he would be in our group big time and fit right in. Uh, the next thing I watched was also on Instant Watch. Uh, not that wasn't. That one I had to get, but uh, – uh, the next movie I watched was on Instant Watch, uh, and it stars Richard Dreyfuss. It's a real old one. Um, had to be back in the, you know, I think it was like er- very early seventies when he first came on the on the uh, scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's called Inserts. And basically, what the the story of the movie or the concept is, uh, he is a very famous uh, director from the silent movie era. And he had all kinds of problems crossing over into talkies. So all he does now, he's kind of out of the the movie business per se. He uh, shoots porno movies from his um, his um, apartment, and Bob Hoskins is in it, and it's pretty good. I, I was surpri- I, I wouldn't say I was surprised because I knew it was going to be different. Yeah, but it it. Um, it shows a lot of nudity too, man. It shows the the cooch and it shows the dick. Adding now, <laughs> and they're not like the, let's let's put it this way. That uh, well, you know, okay, we'll just watch it if you want to. It's 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 very interesting. Um, the next one I watched was a uh, Netflix Instant Watch uh, documentary, uh, an unreasonable man. Uh, it's all about Ralph Nader, and this is fucking awesome. Very good documentary. Um, uh, if you know, it's one of those ones. Even if you're not into documentaries yeah, that you would like, and uh, you know, it's good. I, it's got it's up there on the top of my documentary list. Uh, watched another doc on Netflix Instant Watch called Any Town USA, and uh, it's a political. I guess because maybe because there's maybe. It was brought up to me because I watch a lot of this shit, but uh, there's you know the elections coming up and everything. Um, it was one where they covered this. Um, um, election for like city manager in this uh, uh, it's not Bogota Bogota they mm-hmm. pronounce it different you would think it would be like Bogota Colombia but it's uh, Bogota or something like that New Jersey and uh, they had about four different candidates including the incumbent and he was okay that's what's funny in documentaries in the, in the soccer one about uh, Pele and that American soccer league in the 70s the guy that from Italy that that they got that was a big superstar. Now, of course, Pele was the star of the fucking whole team. Right. But they started getting all these really great players, and they got this Italian guy, and I can't remember his name right now, but he was a big star for them. And he was a fucking asshole, prima donna jerk, but he was the best part of the movie because he was so just 
you know, entertaining. Well, this is the same way with this one. The nice guys, you know, you're just kind of like, well, the, the, the guy that's actual city manager at the time that's running for reelection is such a fucking dick. And you're like, I, you just hated him. But by, I hated him at the beginning because I was like, what a jerk. They'd show him in meetings and all the, 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 uh, the, the people in the, the town would be there and, and he would just be like, you know, eh, bad, 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 you know, when they'd be asking right, questions. Right. But by the end of the movie, you love him. Not because he turns into a good guy, but because he's just such a dick, he makes it entertaining. Uh, next one, another doc. It's called uh, a, perf- uh, a Perfect Candidate. And I had my trepidations about watching this one because the subject of it is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. And um, I didn't know, I thought if it was going to be a fluff piece about what a great guy he was, I didn't want to watch it because, uh, you know, just my opinion, I think he's a fucking piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> but it, it does give you perspective and, you know, um, that, you know, even on the left, you know, uh, I don't agree with the shit he did, but the guys that were following him around, at there's some of them at some point that, you know, were and he's big, you know, NRA gun guy and you know God and country and you know the ends justify the means and all this snap. But uh, you know, even they, if they were left leaning, you know, when they spent time with him, were like, you know, you know, I was just reading an article, uh, uh, interview with Bill Clinton in Esquire magazine while I was taking a shit. I think yesterday, and he said the same thing. He's you know, he said even though these guy these people are you're on the opposite side of what you believe. Um, he said you shouldn't hate them because he said the, even the ones that were trying to impeach him and everything, uh, he had a guy come up to him and this is Clinton and say, you know, way after the fact, after they were both out of office. And he said, you know, when, when all that was going on and we were trying to impeach you and they decided they were going to impeach you no matter what, um, I hated you. He said, I hated you so much. I hated your guts. And he said, you know, that was wrong. He, and, and they didn't, he didn't really even know him. And he said, you know, after meeting him and sp- doing stuff with him, spending time with him, he said, you know, that's, that's the wrong way about it. And I'm guilty of that too. But so the Oliver North one, it was actually pretty good. Um, next thing I watched was um, a movie, an actual movie, not – well, it's not a documentary. Uh, and it is on Netflix Instant Watch and it is called The Double – with Richard Gere, one of uh, Brian Higgins' um, favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Richard Gere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Topher Grace. And uh, <laughs> this fucking thing was just <laughs> such a pile of shit. It was so obvious. And it was just, you know, it insulted, your, it insulted my intelligence, which means it would insult everybody else is out there's intelligence 10 times more because you all are a lot smarter than me <laughs> it was not very good at all and, and um no i could i wish i wouldn't have wasted time watching it um let's see and then the last thing i watched um was uh street law with franco nero yeah. and uh this is really good. It's on Netflix Instant Watch. It's not as good as I thought it was going to be. It, 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 I wouldn't put it like at the top of like, you know, to me like, uh, you know, Milano uh, Calibro 9, uh, Live Like a Cop, uh, Die Like a Man, shit like that, uh, which I really like. But it's good. But, man, it's worth watching to hear like some of the shitty music that they come up with. And I don't know. I didn't look. But – 
it would not surprise me if one of these songs that they play over and over that's like the theme of the movie, uh, I wondered if it was Franco Nero singing the song, like they wrote the song. And it, it's like, okay, if he's a guy that got um, uh, kind of kidnapped during a bank robbery and got abused and then he got away and now he's looking for revenge in kind of a death wish fashion, it'd be like, he's driving down the road looking for revenge. He's going to take the pictures and make a plan. And I mean, it's like, fuck, this is, it's awesomely bad. Um and um, watched a little bit of you know old epi- old episodes of The Office. I uh, got some some more comics, and I will say this: out of all the DC stuff that I got, um, of course, I said this last week that you know Green Lantern was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the stuff that I've gotten so far, like uh, the three different Batman titles, I got one Superman the other day, three Batman titles, Green Arrow. And, uh, shit. Well, let's just say that that's it. Um, I didn't really care. I mean, it's not that any of them were really bad, but I didn't think any of them were like really, they're saying, oh, we're going to reboot. And we're, you know, nah, they were just okay. Nothing great. Um, and I got a fantastic four, new fantastic four and Galactus came back and uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, and that's about it. Um, nothing else. I, I really was surprised because I, I usually write stuff down as I'm watching, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't this week. And I thought, well, right before I got on there with you, I thought I better get on my Facebook, go, and see what all I posted and write them down. And I was like, fuck, man, I didn't watch shit. So yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, we gonna, yeah. Well, um, eh. I watched a little more than usual, but mm. uh, not, not a ton. Um, I finished A Boy and His Dog. <clears throat> the you know, the Don Johnson and Tiger, <laughs> the the the, the wasn't what, what, the dog could they could think he could, they could reach he, out he's, he could speak telepathically and he could sniff out women for have Don Johnson rape him. Um, what a weird movie! It just I don't know. It just wasn't what I expected it was going to be. But uh, then again, I didn't know anything really about it except the general plot going in. Um, <laughs> really bizarre movie. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Um, Who did we say wrote that? The, oh, it was um, the guy from um, the Glass Hand deal yeah, the, um, that I watched the documentary about. What is his name? I can't remember. I can't remember either. I'm a big, um, big fat dummy today. Big fat dummy. I'm slow too. Um, so uh, I watched also – that was on Instant. It's st- Well, still is. Uh, and also on Instant, I watched the a little movie – you might have heard of the couple people in it. It had uh, this guy named Humphrey Bogart and this mm-hmm. lady named Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, African Queen was the name of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really good. I'd never seen this one before. Um, Sucks when there's flies and stuff. Blah, blah. Yeah. It wasn't available on uh, on DVD for years and years. <laughs> so it was. I, I'd never really gotten a chance to see it. Um, you know, I just got a picture of like, you know, because Humphrey Bogart kind of had buck teeth. Yeah. Uh, 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 first thing I thought of was him eating like corn on the cob and what a, what a uh, corn on the cob eater. He would be like a beaver. And then, of course, when I thought beaver, I thought of him eating Catherine Hepburn's uh, pussy and having like just like butter all over his face. Like, but it would be her cunny juice. Cunny juice. I was getting ready to say the same thing. Cunny juice. <laughs> Yeah, Humphrey Bogart was not a good-looking guy. It's funny. No, he that, wasn't. And the older he got, he was worse. Because yeah. <laughs> he was kind of like, 
I don't know. He was kind of like he had like skinny arms and skinny legs yeah. and a really big head. And I love that that's a, that's a prerequisite for being a movie star. He's, big head. He's a funny. He's a funny guy. I like. I like. I love Humphrey Bogart. So. Yeah. Um, this is a good movie. Uh, World War One movie. So it had me looking up more movies about World War One. So um, mm-hmm. we might do a couple World War One flicks on our show later. So okay. Um, I watched Last Days, the Gus Van Sant kind of fictionalized t- tale of Kurt Cobain's Last Days. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. This was really bizarre. It was hard to get into at first. Um, it's. Like uh, Van Sant had in the 2000s, he like the the movie was not necessarily in chronological order. Like you'd see some things twice, and you kind of had. Is that the one that was kind of like a voyeuristic thing? Like you're like if if you were hiding in the trees and watching him walk around his house and outside. Yeah, and, yeah. There's you know. lots, yeah, lots of like high shots out of like windows in this house, and um, uh, Michael Pitt is uh the Kurt Cobain character. I don't remember his mm-hmm. actual name in the movie. Mm-hmm. Looks astonishingly like Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. But um he, didn't he wasn't he the one that fucked over Hedwig? Yeah, yeah. That fucking bastard. I never liked him after that. <laughs> Asia Argento's in it as well. She Oh, who she play Courtney Love? She just plays one of the like whores staying at the house. Like he has these friends that just hang out as opposed just, to Courtney love. Right? <laughs> I think that was going to be the original plan, but Courtney, there's not a Courtney love in the, in the movie. Um, he's, how do you him. feel about Courtney love? I, um, I watched this documentary about like, it's one of these conspiracy theory documentaries about his mm-hmm. death and mm-hmm. she does not come across well at all. I think yeah. she's kind of a, um, What's the word I'm looking for? The a, a cunt. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the the kind of person that just latches on and sucks yeah. you dry. Well, I know she doesn't get along with uh, what's his name, uh, um, Dave Grohl. Um, and uh, like the the one big it wasn't like the one big album that Hole had that was like really had all the most of their hits and stuff. He wrote like a good part of it. Yeah. Something like that. But uh, this is uh, – so he just has these friends that are in and out of the house constantly, and they're always asking for advice and asking to borrow money and all this stuff. And he just mumbles his way through the whole movie. It's a pretty good performance, but like you, you can hardly hear what he says. I had to turn on the subtitles a few times because he'll just be talking well, and he'll be like – You know when um, when – like in all the president's men or whatever or any kind of conspiracy JFK and they and they're trying to figure out who did something if there was uh, a conspiracy and who did something they always say follow the money mm-hmm. and you know they're like hey, Courtney love that she's a fucking bitch man she probably killed him and all this and that think about who who came out best and as far as money wise and fame wise after Kurt Cobain died. Dave Grohl, <laughs> he killed his ass. <laughs> I this, mean, he was the fucking. What wasn't he? He was just like the drummer, and then the yeah. next thing you know, he's this huge fucking star. He's a lead singer. You know, I'm telling you, there's something where there's milk, there's fire. <laughs> what? Where there's uh, I think about Pam Pam Greer. Uh, I can't even do that noise this week. Uh, there we go. <laughs> so uh, that's the cunny juice caked in the back of your throat. <laughs> I watched this piece of shit movie from Romania called Strigoi. Mm. Um, my wife wanted to watch something kind of scary. Um, this is Strigoi. Is a, it's an interesting uh, a folk 
legend kind of thing. A Strigoi is kind of a vampire, um, but they not only drink blood, they kind of eat everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, this really ends up being more of like this doctor guy trying to figure out why some murders are going on. And it's, uh, it's just not very good. Um, Oh, it's the a, girl that was in um, th- that was in that Bengazara movie. Mm-hmm. She was somehow in the Flash Gordon movie. Ah, because I have a picture of her with Mingling and Merciless. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. The the gr- g- good good was it Godoy or Stragoy? Stragoy. It's the, Stragoy. The how how Stragoy are um like their their story is a lot more interesting than this movie actually is. But you, it's it. it you did see some, like all of the, um, I guess the major points of the Strigoi le- legend. Um, but basically, like it's they're like vampires, but the they're not actually the body of the person. The body is still underground. Um, they're just mm. kind of like an apparition almost. But and they they don't mm. speak. They just they they go and eat all the food in your house. They'll try to eat people as well. Um, and the only way to kill them is to find the body and like destroy the heart, like like cut it out of the body and burn it. So in some ways, you could possibly be a Strigoi. Yes. When you said eat everything, <laughs> you know. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, and since I have my red wings, I definitely – well, I'm on a diet now. So I'm, oh. I'm shunning my, uh, my Strigoi. But I have had blood and uh, the blood is the life. That's all I have to say, people. I've never been the same since. <laughs> um, yeah, avoid this one. It's boring. Uh, it's it's almost two hours long too. Um, I watched Mad Max at the theater late Sunday night, which was pretty awesome seeing it on a big screen. There's um, this big ball headed guy with a mustache in that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, never heard of him. Um, <laughs> Books on sale Amazon, and you can get it on Kindle on there too. My, sat my friend eight ninety nine on Kindle. <laughs> my, friend, my friend Brantley. Um, hey, Raj. He, he bought this and um, drive drive at the <laughs> same time. And what's and, that about? <laughs> it's about a guy that Arr. walks around a lot. He oh. um, he he's like he's he's like I wonder if he was sending me text messages as he's watching Mad Max. He's like he uh-huh. wa- he wondered if Reffin was a big Mad Max fan because he was pulling all these similarities. Like the cover mm-hmm. even look the cover kind of looks the same. The mm-hmm. movies end the same, and he was even like. He's even like uh, the Roger Ward kind of looks like Bronson. <laughs> so I don't know. Hey, do you think uh, – would there – okay. By the time that um, you attend another whore hound, would it ever in in our imaginations be possible that you might show up wearing Ryan Gosling's coat from Drive? It's possible. It's, it's out of my price range. But it, it is possible. I've, I've definitely tossed that around, but I'm just afraid mm-hmm. I'll look very douchey. Maybe if I could get like a big, the big rubber bald head mask too, I could. <laughs> oh my god! When I when I was watching that, some of my friends the first time it was the first time they had seen it, and my friend Randy goes, "That fucking part with the mask where he walks up to the door, he goes, that is so fucking creepy." <laughs> you know? course you know well we won't get him to drive but i was just gonna say you know he goes to all this trouble to put this fucking mask on but he's still wearing the same goddamn silver foil looking coat but that has blood all over it hey they'll never know they'll be looking at my giant king kong bundy head on my 165 pound body yeah they'll never even look down at the blood um i just had a thing up that said a recent attempt had been made to uh, attack my computer. I mean, like Uh-oh. right now. Uh oh. Does Uh-oh. that have anything to that email that you did send? Be. 
fucking run some scans on that shit. Uh, I uh, I, wa- I went on a little uh, like Pinky Violence uh, tear there and watched uh, I watched Female Prisoner Seven Hundred One Scorpion with mm. Mako Kaji. Um, Is she hot? She's hot. She she's the one that played Lady Snowblood. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I saw that. So women in prison film with her. Although she doesn't show the goods, I was very disappointed. Oh. This is the second time I've seen this one. Mm. There's some awesome stuff. And one of the things I posted were the guy saying I can't breathe. That was that was from that movie. <laughs> There's actually uh, woman on man rape in the movie, which is kind of neat too. So woman on man rape, yeah, like there, the woman's raping the man. There's a, it's like yeah, a gang of women raping a couple guards. Oh, nice. So that was pretty. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, I, don't know I watched I, uh, Sex and Fury, which I'm pretty sure you've seen. And uh, yeah, yeah, Christina Lindbergh and my new favorite, Reiko Ike. Oh my god, she is Naked so fighting, fucking hot. <laughs> it's not. Even I just, funny. I, I, I don't. It would not. Okay, say like you know, people know that I always talk about you know how I don't really give a sh- to that much shit about like Jessica Biel as an actress because everybody always tells me, oh, I don't think she's good. I'm like, Emily, okay, I'm not saying she's a good actress. I'm talking about my dick, uh, <laughs> you know, and her butt. Uh, but um, even if she was like fighting naked and her knockers were flopping all over the place, it just, there's just, and I know it's not a sexual thing. It's like Vigo when people would say Vigo mm-hmm. fighting naked in Eastern Promises all, you know, but, um, but, you're not thinking when two guys with uh, hawk bill knives are, are slashing at you, you know, oh, my dick's flopping around. You know, you might after the fact. But, um, yeah, there, I, there was just something – there's something odd, and it's not a sexist thing. It's men or women, uh, whether it's Vigo with his genitals, his balls, and his uh, uh, limp cock flopping around or that chick's tits flopping around. Yeah. They weren't flopping in a sexy way. They were no. flopping in like a a cowish way. No, I shouldn't say cowish. <laughs> in a in a I'm about to get my shit cut off if I'm not careful. Just in a in a uh, not a no sexual way or not. But I, she was she's a good looking woman. I fucking loved that movie. I will watch this again mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and uh, the, I got it through other means, mm-hmm. and uh, I was amazed at the. The, the quality of the mm-hmm. other means it was fucking really the, the the picture quality the colors and everything there was it was just like it was in hd or something yeah i love the <laughs> hd i love how stylized it was and like you know when it was it was you know that part where it's snowing those little like gambling cards or whatever mm-hmm. they are and oh beautiful movie loved it a Good, lot yeah I mean, it's, it's, yeah it's kind of sleazy but in an artistic way so i like that. i wouldn't mind reviewing that someday yeah we could we could definitely do that um someday someday and uh another one i watched was bo bohachi bushido um mm-hmm. porno period drama or legend of or clan of the forgotten eight it's another one that's it's similar to that um but this one is more based around a a, ma- a man this guy mm-hmm. named shino he's a uh, he joins this this, well, I, he's kind of a wandering samurai, I guess, and he he is paid by this uh, clan, who basically their whole thing is just to abuse women, and they they've they've lost their basic emotion. The eight diff- there's eight different emotions that they've gotten rid of, uh, but there's women in the group too that are the same way. Mm-hmm. I've um, ditched that. Kind of a, I've ditched those emotions a long time ago too. <laughs> they're kind of a they're kind of a political. They have a political sway. They have a um a uh, like a with the emperor in some way they have like mm-hmm. a, they have like a 
money thing with him. And anyway, so it's there's some really cool sword fighting in it and stuff. Lots of nudity in this one too, and very yeah. very, very stylized. Some cool lighting and stuff. I, I really dug this one too. I didn't like it as much as Sex and Fury, but mm-hmm. um, it's a similar kind of movie. Very good. And then I wa- I finished up with uh, the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Yeah. Um, actually, I'd never seen this one before, so. That's a shake-up, man. That's a that's a that's a a a, a big. Uh, yeah. If you go from, uh, <laughs> broad, from broadcast without too. honor and humanity to <laughs> movies to, um, I don't know, the, old school. Uh, yeah, the uh, <clears throat> James Stewart is so good in it. Jimmy Stewart so good in it, um, and uh, John Wayne wasn't wasn't bad either. He's still doing his normal shtick, but Woody Strode in a uh, very uh, limited yeah. thing as John Wayne's kind of. And, slavish and not what, slave but you know and what's his face um uh, lee van cleef in another very yeah. limited role and then uh, lee marvin well, is yeah, pretty, lee marvin he's pretty he's a sweaty mess in it well, i'll tell you what about lee marvin in that movie okay you know uh, even back in those days uh you know they would put like some strange sexual undertones that if you were a normal person like if you were a naive normal person coming from a small town like i was mm-hmm. you'd never think this but now that i'm jaded and know so <laughs> i thought that lee marvin kind of had like some sexual zealous sexual uh i don't know what uh uh, uh like he was getting off when he would take that cat of nine tails or whatever the fuck oh with god he, re- he beat- was really into that <laughs> yeah when he was beating men with it i was one i was thinking you know okay Liberty. Okay, first of all, he's got a name Liberty Valance, which sounds like a drag queen's name or something. <laughs> and then when he's whipping these guys, he's sweaty, dude. He's like, I'm going to beat you, dude. He he had the same look of zeal, sexual <laughs> zeal on his face as uh, Vic Dakin when he would punch uh, Wolf in the stomach. Uh, he just wanted him to say, get, get out of here, you slag. And you have to think that, like, okay, the John Wayne and Liberty Valance character – um, they were like the two, um, I don't know, he, uh, like two, the two alpha males maybe fighting over Jimmy Stewart's butthole. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Stewart was like the, he was the twink for the two bands. Yes, ex- I'm telling you, <laughs> you watch that movie and you think that way. They're fighting over a bit, their bitch, <laughs> which is the weak, uh, uh, you know, feminine, you know, kind of weak uh, Jimmy Stewart intellectual puss. And John Wayne's the big masculine, macho, every American, big giant cock, you know, fuck for God and country. And uh, Lee Marvin is, you know, he, <laughs> he's he a wanted, sweaty whipper. He wanted to whip him. And it, I'm telling you, Lee Marvin, if he'd have had Jimmy Stewart in a jail cell or a prison cell, yeah, you know he'd be doing the dishes and shit and cleaning the toilet. <laughs> Clean, get, picking up the meat off the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Lee Marvin's meat. <laughs> Lee Marvin just looks weird without white hair. Yeah, <laughs> so, greasy black hair. Yeah, yeah. Damn. So that was it for me. <clears throat> good job, good job. Excellent. Um, so let's take a break, and we're going to come back. We'll just do, since I have the tabs open in this order, let's start with Greased Latin. What's Greased Latin? Uh, we'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Coffin John of V Cinema, the site that covers Asian film from cult to the classics. Join Josh of VariedCelluloid.net, Rufus of CineAwesome.com, and me on the V Cinema Show, a podcast that features Asian film discussions, special guests, interviews, and live event coverage. <laughs> 
Our podcast is published bi-weekly on Mondays. So check us out on vcinemashow.com or search us out on iTunes. Also join the discussion and fun by following us on Twitter at vcinemashow and joining us on our Facebook page, which is located at facebook.com slash vcinema. And of course, check out our blog at vcinemashow.com for reviews, features, and interviews. Still clear in the throat. I gave Zom a good one a second ago. It sounded gross right now. Well, like kind of like a cross between a lion and a, I don't know. It was a flimmy lion. A lion and like a drunk that would be in the bar, like a, a barfly kind of a dude. Like that. Uh, the name of that. The name of that song is the uh, the last race. Yeah, get it. Um, on the top. All right, so this is a uh, Grease Lightning from 1977, starring Richard Pryor, Bo Bridges, Pam Greer, sort of. I guess it's not really starring her. Kind of a weird role for her. She was kind of a uh, kind of wasted. Anyway, um, I'll let you take the lead on this one if you'd like. Okay. Um, this film is based on the true life story. Of Wendell Scott, the first black <laughs> stock car racing <laughs> champion in America. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah this this uh, this film um, it fits in with uh, how we started our show. <laughs> I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, 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 you can. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you lead off. Sorry. Oh, I'm leading off. Yeah. I'm doing the synopsis and leading off. Yes. Oh, fucking Mr. Mr. Delegate Thorta. He knows I don't have any notes. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. I have like five. <laughs> okay, people. This was made in 1977. And um, I will say this. Uh, when I watch this, every time I've watched this, uh, because I was a, a huge Huge fan of Richard Pryor. Uh, let's just, you know, for, I mean, some of the younger fans. Um, Richard Pryor in the early and mid-70s was the fucking shit. <laughs> uh, I would listen to his cassettes um, to the point of, like, wearing them out. And I vividly remember having my little tape recorder. And, of course, you know, uh, I was probably all of, I don't know, 12, 13 years old, which listening to a comedian that uh, says just about every word in the book, including the 
F word uh, and the N word <laughs> and everything else, especially, you know, he's black and he says the N word. <laughs> anyway, but uh, he was a funny motherfucker. And when we would all go to bed, you know, to, to go to school the next morning or whatever, I would be in my room with my covers pulled up over my head with that little tape recorder up to my ear listening to Richard Pryor and – he was so fucking funny that I was trying to be quiet, but I would start snorting, <laughs> and my dad would yell from the from, from the uh, be, from his bedroom. God damn it! Shut the hell up and go to sleep, dumbass. <laughs> and what I wasn't thinking about until like just this very moment, him and my mom were probably in there trying to get it on, and, and then I'd be like giggling. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Richard Pryor was really – I mean he his stand-up was hilarious and all – if you – I don't know if they – compared to today's stuff or whatever. Maybe if you've never heard it, but it was revolutionary. So when when um, when this movie came out and you know when I saw it, um, uh, even this time, I just – one thing that I vividly remember is that I – because it's Richard Pryor, I expected it to be really super-duper funny and to be a comedy. And it, to, for me – I, I read in one of the descriptions on like Wikipedia or whatever it said you know of you know comedy or whatever. I didn't think it was a comedy at all. Yeah, there were some funny moments, and there's there was a, that, a, f- a few funny moments, and there's some stuff that I laughed at. That I probably yeah, yeah, have. <laughs> you shouldn't have. This movie sets a world record for uh, because it, it's 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 about. Um, he came. He comes back from like World War Two, and. Um, um, you know the black man's place in America, even though, of course, you know slavery has been, you know, uh, made illegal. Uh, you know, still with the Jim Crow laws and everything, you were still a second-class citizen. And a good part of it, of course, takes place in, in you know in the African American community in the South, and within their community, uh, you know, life is no different than, say, you know. My life as a kid, you know, you're riding your bicycles and your parents have jobs and this and that and everything. But it's the interaction with other parts of society. And, yeah, you get a record number of racial slurs in this movie. I don't know if anybody's ever counted, but if you took a drink every time somebody insulted uh, Richard Pryor I almost just said Richard Gere. <laughs> Richard Pryor in this movie with a racial slur, you would be blind fucking drunk in like two seconds unless you're loaf, and then you'd just be like, eh, probably just have a little buzz. Anyway, because he'd be full of crackers and coffee and shit. <laughs> absorb all of it. Yeah, just yeah, absorb this, it. I, I, I've heard, I think, I believe in the past that maybe it was profanity, but that uh, Pulp mm-hmm. Fiction is up there with racial mm-hmm. slurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but this... It's, it's, it's far, for for dialogue to movie runtime, this has to be oh, yeah. the most saturated one I've ever seen. <laughs> saturated, just like <laughs> because now uh, uh, Wendell um, he he dreams like they they set it up because they show him you know riding his bicycle and and having a a, a race on bicycles with some white kids right at the very beginning like the first 2 seconds of the movie so they set it up that he really likes competition and and racing and uh, he dreams uh, his dream is to uh, you know he wants to 
uh, get into racing. And uh, it has a lot in common with the other movie we're going to watch uh, as far as, uh, you know, one of the ways that they that the, these uh, Southerners get in. And I think uh, maybe not – I'm sure as when Henry Ford made the first Model T, even though it went at a maximum of three miles – or 35 miles an hour or whatever, uh, people were probably already racing them just like horses or whatever. But uh, they these guys in both movies um, – uh, get, get involved in it uh, kind of in a roundabout way through bootlegging, uh, illegal uh, liquor. Um, you know, they, they, it was illegal to make – it's not illegal to make the liquor. It's illegal to sell it because the government uh, makes uh, breweries pay a, a tax on the liquor. And so if it costs you like $15 for a bottle of Jack Daniels or whatever um, – you know, you could get a big old mason jar or a big uh, glass jug full of moonshine, and it would probably be you know pennies on the dollar. It would be you know just a dollar or fifty cents or ten cents or whatever. So anyway, they he gets involved in doing you know racing, doing that, um, but. Racing in the South uh, is a – and it's strange because things have changed so much. Yeah. Uh, but back then, it was a, it was a strictly a white man sport and a redneck sport. And, I mean, really, over time, things have gotten a lot different. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, now NASCAR is just saturated with African-American and Mexican drivers and women and, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> and I will say this, um, uh, though I grew up in West Virginia and, uh, you know, so people assume that I am, a, you know, a huge fucking redneck or whatever. Uh, I may be huge, but I'm not a fucking redneck. <laughs> I never was like a big fan of NASCAR, even in its giant heyday with Earnhardt and uh, Jeff Gordon having their big feud. We watched it as a kid because, you know, my uncles and my dad would sit mm-hmm. around and anything that was sports, you know, so it, we, we called it stock car racing back then. Do you have, and, do you have many racetracks and stuff or in, I don't even know what's in West Virginia as far as, uh, just most, uh, all the, the tracks we have here are all dirt tracks. Okay. They're, they're oval dirt tracks. I come from like a hotbed of, of oh racing. yeah. I mean, this, Carolinas, yeah. you know, the, uh, there was a, there was a racetrack local to me, which I think is, supposed to be represented in this movie at one point um but uh, that in, in winston-salem um but there was you know um martin martinsville virginia and dan well they're from danville but martinville was martinsville wasn't too far from us and they talk about um in the other movie they talk about Wil- wilkesboro and um, there was a racetrack up there and there's yeah. charlotte's huge and that's uh, you know so yeah. I, I i grew up very familiar with it my dad watched it really my dad listened to it which was Right talk about you talk. You think watching racing is fucking boring? Try yeah. listening to a goddamn race on the radio. Yeah. We used to listen on AM radio. Yeah, Ugh. every Sunday uh, afternoon that shit would be on for like five hours. In the <laughs> like, yeah, it's like five hundred laps. I mean, they're like going <laughs> over a five hundred mile race. You know, yeah. they're going for just ever and ever and ever. Um, I saw, and, and and this is going to happen with the with the review of either one of these movies where we're gonna we're going to be talking about. Like either both movies at the same time. There, to, even just as we started, there's really no way getting around it because they they take place sort of at the around similar areas, yeah. similar times, similar people. It's just that one's based on the you know the black guy and one's based on the, the you know the yeah, white I mean, guy. I, I, in real life, 
uh, Junior Johnson, who the other uh, who the other movies about his mm. his racing career ended in the early sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe even mid sixties, there wasn't much overlap between the two. Um, both of them started out around the same time because, uh, um, I keep forgetting his name. Um, Wendell, um, Scott, uh, Wendell Scott, he was racing in the fifties, but didn't actually make it professional, like to the, to NASCAR until the sixties. Yeah. And his, so most of his NASCAR stuff happened after junior right. Johnson wasn't even driving anymore. So, and, um, Nowadays, looking back, of course, in a, in a Hall of Fame perspective or whatever like that, and because because of this movie, you know, people had uh, you know heard of this Wendell Scott. But if it wasn't for this movie, and like I said, growing up, I mean, with Richard Petty, Petty Kel Yarbrough, and and you know all the guys that were big back then, I knew all those guys, mm-hmm. and I constantly heard the name Junior Johnson growing up yeah. because he had a race team, and and uh, you know he was like a legend. He was like the Babe Ruth of of NASCAR. Uh, uh, or stock car racing, and um, so it just that that's that's a that's a racial thing there too. I mean, of course, you know they were both successful, uh, but uh, you would never hear that much about. As, Scott, yeah. As far as my perspective and what I knew, you know, you never heard that much about him, and and that they 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 go into that in the movie like there are situations where he would do really well in a race or even win a race and they'd be like you know the announcer would not announce that he won he would announce that some the guy that came in second won and uh, they wouldn't put it in the paper and and it was just a real it's it's this movie is a I wanted to. I was just going to say it's kind of it's a, it's a civil rights movie for sure. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like he's out protesting or anything. He's a pioneer, and I think that's where he, more uh, Wendell Scott, the actual guy, is known more for being a pioneer for African Americans and breaking a, a collar barrier. Yeah. Because I think eventually he did, you know, become a lot more accepted than what he was when he first started, <laughs> and uh, he got the slew of uh, you know. Everything you can think of, but there, there was, um, uh, you know, I said that I didn't think that the movie was really that funny at all, uh, as far as being a straight out comedy and prior being prior. Yeah, uh, yeah. But there was one scene that just made me fucking laugh my ass off. And they were loading up a car full of moonshine, and it was the first time he was, you know, going to drive the, the you know the, the car and he's getting these jugs and he's reaching back and the guy's handing him jugs handing him jugs and the way they shot it was so perfect because he just looks back and you know he doesn't pay any attention and i looked and i thought wait a minute that guy that was just handing him that moonshine you know and then all of a sudden he's like ah you know? <laughs> so yeah. i don't want to say what it is but it, it, it was, uh, that was the, the way they set it up it really i i noticed it myself and i was like is that guy in on it? And then I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I, so that was pretty funny. I love there's some there's some cool like stunt driving in in both of these films. Mm-hmm. I love in movies watching and and it's probably because I grew up watching Dukes of Hazard so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I love watching like big muscly cars drive on dirt roads, like sliding yeah. out, and it just it, it's there's something very nostalgic about it for me. And that's you know I, I fucking grew up in the country, so you know I, I, we went home for. Uh, my, when we went home for Christmas, um, I took my wife and I went out riding on my dad's four wheeler, like out through the woods and stuff. And it's the same kind of thing. I mean, it's just fun. Like it's, you know, it's 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 redneck, but seeing that just reminds me of being a kid. And 
that kind of stuff. It's a, it's always a cool a cool it's thing to see over. in films. Yeah, it's all over. Old oh, man, um, but <laughs> and, uh, it, it is man. You, you know, you, you have uh, much like uh, it's almost like when they say like somebody who's an addict, how things can trigger. I mean, you're 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 basically nothing but a, a big pile of chemicals anyway. And um, you know, someone who is a heroin addict can drive by just they could be sober, clean and sober for you know twenty years and drive by a street uh, where they used to buy drugs and it'll trigger them. Yeah. And you know, I have the same thing where something, even if it's a smell or something, just catches my eye mm-hmm. and it takes me just totally back to a certain time and then you get nostalgic and you're like fuck man where yep. did where has the time went and you know i'm turning a big puss on air right now but it's the <laughs> truth i mean you know it's it's it, it gets everybody time the avenger but now pam greer is in this movie and and like love said she's pretty much just a supporting role she yeah. she uh plays wendell's uh you know eventually his wife and and she's there um but um uh, just even though her part isn't like really super substantial, her titties still are. <laughs> and she, she goes show some cleavage a couple yeah. times, and you see it even wiggle once. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah she's okay. wearing that kind of country dress that buttons up the front, and it's buttoned down a little bit, and she bends over, and then oh my god, man, oh boy, <laughs> that's just some awesome, awesome, sexy boobage. Yeah. Uh, another thing that we have, uh, other than stock car uh, racing, uh, the, with these two movies in common, is we have a bridges in this movie. A bridges and a bridges. And at this time, and I can attest to this because, of course, I was alive in seventy-seven. Uh, so I was uh, one. <laughs> yeah. well, I was born in 65. So, I mean, you know, I remember vividly in the, you know, early and mid 70s, Bo Bridges, before he got like fat, mm-hmm. he was a, I mean, he was used a lot. He was in a lot of stuff and he was, and, and even in this movie, he's a good actor. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, now he got, he, uh, uh, like Jeff, Kind of always stayed in shape and looked good. Well, Bo kind of got fat and and um, but at this time, you know, still pretty good looking guy now. But the thing is, with his character in this movie, where Richard Pryor is a kind of a second class citizen because of you know his collar, uh, they throw in uh, Bo Bridges' character Hutch. And he is a second-class citizen, and it just shows because <laughs> he is white, what we call white fucking trash. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, I threw in the fucking myself, but white trash, big time. Dirty all the time. He would go to a restaurant and just have fucking black grease all over his hands and shit, sit there and eat. Uh, greasy fucking greasy hair. <laughs> At the very beginning, the first time you see him, he – even the other drivers that are white – uh, kind of look down on him. They laugh at him and stuff because he's such white trash. He's just he's poor. He's yeah. just a poor, dumb, dumb, you know, country guy. Uh, not dumb at all. He just <laughs> fucking you know he's got a way about him. Uh, he has a t-shirt on, and it's not really a half shirt like a guy at sports would wear that would be like uh, <laughs> that come down like right below his pecs. Yeah, it comes down about half his to to about cover half his belly, and it looks like it's more <laughs> not cut off, but that it's just kind of too short <laughs> it doesn't just doesn't fit and it looks gross you know he's really <laughs> greasy and dirty and um he at first you you're not sure if they're gonna have like he's gonna be this real scummy backwards redneck guy that's gonna 
be a rival or the guy that's going to torment Wendell. Yeah, but yeah. And they really kind of have a lot in common, and they become friends. Uh, Cleavon Little, uh, who is – will always be famous to me from uh, Blaze, Blazing Saddles, the yeah. star of Blazing Saddles, is in this. He's pretty good. The the one uh, – I thought the casting was really good throughout the whole movie, but uh, the one total fucking miscue casting that every time I watch this, I think, why the fuck did they do that, <laughs> is they cast um, uh, Vincent Gardenia, who is this – if you, if you see his picture, you'll know exactly who he is because he was in so much stuff um, over the years. He's this Italian guy, <laughs> and every time, like if you, I, I can't remember if he was in Moonstruck, yes. but I mean he was in a ton of movies. He would always be this ethnic Italian guy because that's what he is, and they have him playing this redneck. Uh, sheriff Southern yeah. Sheriff, and it's like, what in the fuck were they thinking? That would be a, a, a like, a, like if they had Ned Beatty or uh, 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 George Kennedy or you know <laughs> somebody like that. And this guy is totally. I mean, he. It's not so horrible that it, it like ruins the movie or anything, but it it really it's like whoever he must have somebody must have uh, owed somebody some money or something. Yeah. Because that was just totally miscast. <coughs> but um, this, this, uh, the 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 whole thing. It's it's kind of a like I said. It's a it's a um, a uh, pioneering civil rights, you know, kind of a movie. But also um, a, a sports movie. You know, you're yeah. getting that. You, you see him kind of coming up through the ranks and all the. The, the the trouble and the turmoil that goes with everything with with his them trying to kind of freeze him out or keep him out and uh, you know even to the point of the the one guy <laughs> that that, uh, that runs the the um, the local racing thing um, his basic thing was why he wanted to to let him race you know they're like why do you want to let that nigger race you know uh, and he's like because. It goes back to the Sputnik Monroe uh, wrestling thing um, in in the South. Uh, they would usually have in wrestling uh, in Southern promotions or even in the Northern promotions, really, for that matter. Uh, they they used a lot more ethnic stars in the North, I think, because they had ethnic populations. But it was the same way down there. They would have like one big African American star. And the reason was is because even though they thought that blacks were a second class were second class citizens, not good enough to pee in the same toilet or drink from the same water fountain, sit on the back of the bus and everything, they if they had money, they wanted to exploit them and yeah. get some of their money. So the guy said, you know, there's um, the whites are going to come out to see him fucking get killed, and the blacks are going to come out. So, you yeah. know, they're just going to come out. The um it remind when the when that in one of the races um the one uh driver against him i i, I did la- i did get a good laugh at that when he says uh i got two cars in this race and i'm going to drive one of them right up your ass and richard Pryor says that's so it's me fine cuz that means you'll be behind me and i'll be in front yeah <laughs> uh, that the, was pretty funny. Uh, the one uh, i think bo bridges the, that the, the it was uh, like the guy's name was bo wells and he was this you know the the like the big the big white, uh, the great white hope. I mean, he was the big driver, and uh, 
uh, Jeff Bridges' character. I keep smacking my lips. I know it like that. I don't know why. But uh, it's all that jizz. Anyway, it's a num, 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 num. Pumpkin. Um, <laughs> pumpkin spice. And I will say this. I was just telling Lowe off the air. We had a, we had a uh, just jumping in here, uh, about something totally off the wall. I uh, had a Skype party the other night, and uh, it was really fun, everybody that got on there. And um, even we had a... Um, a celebrity that joined us that nobody expected, and uh, it was the star of Puss Hole Ant Farm, uh, Emily, the Deadly <laughs> Doll. And I just want to say I, I was starstruck. Puss anyway, Hole Beehive. Yeah, Puss Hole Beehive. Uh, Puss Hole, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, for all those who were offended by like uh, a lot of the really disgusting catheter pictures that were that were put up by some fucking numbskull on the Sylvan Gold page, uh, they were they were they were censored and taken down by the same douchebag that put them up. Me, anyway. <laughs> the amputated penis that's held together by a catheter. Yeah, if you want to see that, look it up yourself. Oh my god, I missed all of this. When did it this happen? <laughs> Fucking disgusting, man! You don't want it now because uh, I think Jake or somebody said they were getting ready to get, getting ready to eat, and then as soon as I put that up, I said, "Hey, go to, go to this page and look at it." And uh, they were like, everybody on there was like, "Oh my god!" Now I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'm not going to be able to eat. Why did you do that? And I was like, "I better take that off." Anyway, um, and uh, you know, Yuri uh, chimed in with her knowledge of catheters. Yes. So we have. We even had a medical, uh, you know, professional. Um, but uh, Bo, not Bo, Hutch, uh, Bo Bridges' um, character, um, he tells um, Bo Wells, the big White Hope uh, driver, um, he said something about, what did he say? Something about if a gnat, uh, if you, if you oh, put, yeah, if, if you, you shoved your, your head up a gnat's ass, I didn't understand what he meant at all. <laughs> it was something like if you if if you, if if I shoved your head up a gnat's ass, it would be like a pea rattling around in a box car. So he was saying that you know a gnat's really small. Okay, but uh, or a BB. Uh, well, I think he said a BB. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was is his his uh, brains were even smaller than an you know it'd be yeah, rattling around a inside anus. a gnat's ass. Yeah, an anus. Uh, but anyway, um, not a lot. More to add. Um, I I found the movie. I think it's a good movie. Like I said, I'm always left disappointed just because it's not as funny yeah. as I. And I've seen it before, and I know it's not going to be. But I think they would have done themselves a favor. But but I think maybe the reason they didn't was because this might have been like a passion project for Pryor because at this time he was really big mm-hmm. and he could do just about anything he wanted if he wanted to make a movie like this uh he could do it and maybe by not uh having uh wendell scott basically be richard Pryor doing his shtick uh he wanted to show more respect for the the actual person and for the character and keep it you know uh, and he he does say some funny things here and there but i mean it's not like anything you would expect yeah. from richard Pryor. it's a uh- He's not like he doesn't do like if if this is the only thing you'd ever seen prior in you wouldn't recognize like it wouldn't be something you'd say oh I got to see his stand up or something like that <laughs> like he's just he's I mean he's a decent actor yeah but it's not like his usual like you know you if any of any of you have seen his comedies before you know yeah. like kind of like when he gets like frustrated he's like like kind of like he does and like this and and blue collar both are. 
Yeah, blue collar was a lot like this. It yeah. was more of a straight role for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, one thing that that I remember from this movie, just as, as you were saying that, uh, he got so much shit constantly. You know, people just you know nigger this, nigger that, nigger, 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 nigger throughout the whole movie. And there's one part where Bo Wells comes up to him before a race and starts to go off on him about something, and he just lets go. And goes off on this guy before he can even say anything. And the piece de resistance is right at the end. The exclamation point to his tirade on Bo Wells is he calls Bo Wells a nigger. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> and I punched out. I was like, what? Was <laughs> Bo great. Wells' face was just like, what? He, what? Didn't, he didn't know what to do. It was like, <laughs> how can I come? What, what can I say? You know, there's, was really there was no comeback. But um, this it, – it's a good movie, I th- uh, but um, not – I don't think it's a great movie. It's yeah. a good movie. If, if it would have been – really, uh, if it would have been, say – I'm trying to think of a, another – like Jim Brown or something like that or another – Fred Williamson or, or uh, just uh, you know, fucking Sidney Poitier. I don't know. Uh, in this role, and it wasn't Richard Pryor, and you didn't expect him to be Richard Pryor, blah, 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 blah. I think that because though Pryor is not a bad actor, I mean, he's not. And and I felt, now I hate to say this because I know that we're all fans of Pam Greer because she's just a sexy, hot woman. And, you know, I respect a lot of the work that she did. And she faced probably a lot of the same hurdles making movies as that were in this. But um, even her, I mean, like Cleavon Little, you could tell he was an actor. Yeah. And he, you know, was just, but you know he he's got that banter and charisma and everything. Where prior and both Pam Greer in this movie, I felt like they weren't. Um, They're a little stiff. They're a little yeah, a, li- a little stiff. Not not like really like great. Not I mean they're very they're they're for not. I know for prior, I mean he wasn't like a trained actor or anything. I mean he's he's very good for but but um, you know. They could have put uh, somebody else in the role and maybe made it better. Yeah, and, and I was really good too. They, she was it, a little stiff. Bridges it, was, yeah. It, you could tell he's a really, you know, competent actor. Yeah. Um, this is, um, yeah, I, I, I'm right there. It's 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 a solid movie, but mm-hmm. it's it's missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to you know put, put your finger. finger on. Yeah, exactly what it is. I mean, after you, after you're not going to feel like you've wasted your time, but mm-hmm. you're probably not going to be like, oh, I'm going to definitely own this and watch it again or whatever. But um, I, I, I do have to say, uh, the term "coontang" was the first. That's the first time <laughs> I heard, heard that before. Ain't <laughs> getting a little poontang. You mean? He's getting a little coon tang. <laughs> so fucking bad. Yeah, when you get yeah, that's that's the one thing though. Um, and and it's not like when uh, growing up. Okay, growing up in the South, and of course, you know, most of my family, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons that the redneckery isn't quite as bad is because like most of my family on one side are all like Eastern European. So uh, they probably had it uh, had a lot of the same shit because they spoke like. You know, Hungarian and Polish and, you yeah. know, and uh, and we were, you know, pretty fucking poor. Uh, and on my, but on my mom's side, they were, they were fucking hillbillies. So anyway, they, but um, 
some I was even telling people at work, you know, because one of my friends at work, you know, I, uh, some of my best friends are are, are colored. Oh, anyway, that, that, means, uh, that means it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. But we were talking about like uh, you know racial slurs and slang and everything, and some of the stuff that my like grandma and grandpa and even you know like my my mom and dad at some point you know not really anymore they've they've progressed and they only use the uh, the big ones uh, but some of the words <laughs> yeah creative with their slurs <laughs> yeah they just get right down to it um, but some of the some of the stuff that they said that has fallen the the slurs that they use that have fallen by the wayside you know uh, like you know you said coon or whatever you know jigaboo or whatever uh, nobody uses them anymore so they sound so stupid oh, yeah. that I laugh still because I'm like I and I would tell some of these young like 20 year olds I said you know my 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 grandma would be like you know you got to watch going down because you know these jigaboos will jump on the hood of your car you know they were all paranoid that like the these uh jungle these people from the jungle they're gonna just attack you for no reason and it's like you know god what the fuck it's total bullshit but but you know it's fun you look back on it and it really was pathetic yeah but it was just poor really poor people you know it's no different than now where you know we you know people have lots of problems, money mm-hmm. problems, stuff like that. So, okay, who do we blame? Well, let's blame the the immigrants, illegal immigrants, yeah. or let's blame the you know the the people that live in the all those lazy ass you know blah 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 the welfare this and that. It's the same thing, you know. You're all being played off on each other, and you have a like Bo Bridges and Pryor in this movie. You have a lot more. I have a lot more in common with African American or Hispanic or whatever culture that are. On my social status level, or that came up from like where my family came up from, uh, than I do with you know the people that are setting us all against each other. You know, <laughs> so power to the people, baby. Black is beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> especially for tits. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Hey, I, you know what? I try and get past all the racist stuff that, like, my parents and grandparents and stuff, you know, uh, put out. But I still will be sexist to Pam Grier's beautiful tits. <laughs> love, love, love the Greer. She's uh, she's from my neck of the woods too. Mm. She was born around this area. So, um, so when you say she's from your neck of the woods, is that like a racial slur? I think so. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, something tells me in this film that if uh, cops in the South busted into a black family's home in the fifties, they wouldn't they wouldn't be embarrassed and willing to give up just by finding the guy in the bathtub. Yeah, they probably they would have they they pulled him out of the bathtub, <laughs> hung him, and yeah. So well, and, you never know. But you know what? Seriously, that 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 is probably just. I know that there were. Lawmen uh, that were involved in a lot of stuff, that, uh, like actual, like when we were, I was saying about the, um, uh, maybe this was off the air, but talking about the three civil rights workers that were murdered, and you know the the actual sheriff was involved and the deputy and everything. If you watch Mississippi Burning, you'll see that shit. But I'm sure there were, you know, Southern sheriffs and stuff like that yeah. that were probably good guys too, you know, at total assholes. I think another another thing with this is. The racism is it, it really becomes like black and white almost at one point outside of the outside of Bo Bridges and his relationship with mm-hmm. uh, with Pryor in the in the film. I th- I think it's too black and white. And but that said, it's not. It never gets really 
dark enough. Like it's like the movie do, doesn't like. Right, not, you don't get the funny, uh, lynchings and stuff like that. Which, yeah. which, uh, uh, maybe that's something that was missing. Because, like you said, with the sheriff, uh, instead of them, you know, uh, uh, um, well, it shows them in the '60s, and everybody then is just like, "Oh, you remember how we were?" It's like everybody's just forgotten, like they're not racist anymore, yeah, just because yeah. there's civil rights, yeah, because it's country. the '60s, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's better. Uh, but, um, like, I don't know if it was the other movie or. Or uh, I think maybe what I read about like actual, actual Junior Johnson, um, if you like say you know when they when he was driving around the, the cops would be like, that's Wendell, let's get him because I mean he would be on a on a liquor run and they knew it was him mm-hmm. and but as long as they didn't catch him with the liquor that he could get away like they might pull him over but he might have dumped it or ditched it or whatever. Um, but I have a feeling that if they knew it was him and they just could never catch him with the stuff that they would, you know, go and, like I said, pistol whip Pam Greer, beat him half to death and probably plant liquor on him. Yeah, yeah. You know, in his house and say, you know, okay, well, we got you, you know. And, and like, I, like I said, with the civil rights workers, I mean, they killed those guys and uh, put everybody that was involved on trial and they were found not guilty. And the only reason that any of them got anything was because they, the federal government, which is horrible, but, you know, the federal government's so horrible, um, brought a civil rights case and actually got some of them for something. Yeah. Um, so I think that it misses that. It it, it kind of um, – but, you know, I, I don't know what this was rated because I was wondering if they kept it a, at a certain level just because they wanted to get it a certain rating. It's rated PG. Okay. See, that's maybe that's why yeah. they didn't want it to be too harsh with the with the violence. Uh, and- I guarantee with the with the racial slurs that were in it, as many as there were, this would definitely be R today. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because of the racial slurs. But I think back then, because of the context of it, uh, um, they they didn't. But that's probably why. Also, you don't have Richard Pryor, who was known to say the the uh say fuck about every other word you didn't have that but i was just gonna say you didn't see like richard Pryor having sex with like a white woman or whatever like Mm -hmm. that but you did see the white mayor getting it on with uh some brown sugar oh yeah so they did cover that subject you know michael schultz the director of this he actually directed uh he actually directed um the last dragon and car wash Cool and that guy. would have been great if uh, when Bo Wells came over to Richard Pryor, if he would have started, like, had the glow. <laughs> yeah. His arms started glowing <laughs> and then slow much, you know? Uh, all right, let's get into the ratings here. Okay. <clears throat> Go for it. <laughs> I want to say a six, but because uh, I, I think it's a good movie. Yeah. I think that uh, it, it – um, I don't know if I – because when I say it's, it misses – I think that's uh, because of me. I think that uh, I'm not taking it for what it is. I'm taking it for what I wanted it to be. I don't think it's a bad movie. I no. think it's a good movie. So I'd give it a six. It's interesting. Um, I, and I, you know, I laughed a couple times, but it's uh, – Twice? Maybe three. Um, it's 
Coontang. <laughs> you laughed again. Yeah, you laughed again. Oh, and when they, when he thought when that right around that line when uh, they see the person that is with Pryor and the guys the guys like Ugh, they like talk about how ugly she is. It, you'll see the movie. It's it's really he. Um, yeah. But uh, he, the guy says, "I think I'd rather go home to my wife." And the guy's like, "Don't be foolish, boy." <laughs> That's too funny. All right. Anyway, the um, I'm right there with you. Um, I like this quite a bit. Um, I I like um, racing in movies. I don't like racing at all in real life. But you were gonna say I like racists. I like racists <laughs> racing in movies. Um, yeah, but it misses something. Uh, and I'm right there with you. I get it a six point two five out of ten. I think that the reason that uh, you know racing is so much better in movies and so more so much more compelling is you don't have the 500 miles of monotony. <laughs> yeah. You know they they just they can show like some crashes and some just it's like a like a, a quick highlight reel yeah, and yeah. you see the the cool parts. And yeah. and and it's it's cool in this movie to see uh, like you were talking about riding uh, driving on the dirt, uh, seeing them drive like these really old cars from like the forties and and even when they got up into both both movies when they're driving like the nineteen sixties or nineteen seventies cars, you know, it's yeah. kind of cool to see that. It's it's a time it's a time capsule. <laughs> All right, six and a six point two five for yeah. lightning. Let's take another break and come back and review the last. American Hero. Uh, Hero. And it's not a sandwich. (laughs) We'll be right back. In a world that has a country called England, three cinephiles battle weekly against the onslaught of movie releases. They review, dissect, and discuss until each is defeated. Jordan is the host. Ian is the sweary one. And Noel is the grandpa. And together they are the 35mm heroes. Dig it, bitches. Pine trees lining the winding road. I've got a name. I've got a name. I'm singing bird in a broken bowl. Sorry, I just saw what you posted on Emily's all that dog or cat or whatever. What? <laughs> it's like a dog or a cat, but it looks like a big furry cock. It is a big furry cock. It, no, it's a dog. What? <laughs> it it looks like, I thought it was a plush dildo. <laughs> or like a, a pillow-shaped... Uh, oh, is it? Okay, maybe it's just a it's pillow. A pillow. I it was a dog. It's a, like, it's just like a, uh, like a stuffed animal-shaped like, uh, penis. I think. <laughs> I thought it was a dog lady. If I had a dick like that, man, the women would get berserk. <laughs> Oh my god. I've got a song. <laughs> like a whirlpool and the babies cry. I've, I've got, got a song. <laughs> I've got a schlong <laughs> for Emily. I've got a fuzzy schlong. And I carry it with me. <laughs> so when I go to Whorehound, gonna drop it on her. Right. Puss hole and farm. <laughs> 
Jim uh, Croce, movie, baby. <laughs> Jim Crotch. Jim Crotch. Uh, we're going to review Last American Hero from that 1973. That professional lead-in. Oh, with my that God. I, I couldn't uh, take it. I saw it, and I was trying so hard not to laugh. and it didn't You were like Lee Marvin beating <laughs> on fucking uh, Jimmy Stewart's. <laughs> his his aunt hole. Did we talk about that on air? Yes. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure we weren't like making obscure references. Uh, Last American Hero from 1973. He's really gay. (laughs) Directed by Lamont Johnson, who... Was not on Sanford and Son. Lamont, not from Sanford and Son, who did a lot of TV in the 50s and 60s and did not much else I'd ever heard of. Mm. Um, This is starring Jeff Bridges in in an earlier role for him. Uh, Valerie Perrine, who we've talked about before on... um, What the hell was the name of that movie? Uh, you know the one we did. The uh, what? are you talking about? Slaughterhouse Five. She was yeah. in Slaughterhouse Five and naked, which is what I was referring to earlier. I love her. She reminds me of somebody that I used to do Shtup. things to. Stup 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 candy candy candy. I can't let you. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking whore. <laughs> candy candy, you fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, we get a little bit of Ned Beatty. Uh, we get some Gary Busey. Not oh. enough for my, uh, in my opinion. Um, and we get William Smith in here, which oh. I, 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 I can already say the note that I took. It was really weird seeing William Smith next to uh, Jeff Bridges for some reason. I don't know why. Um, William Smith always just seemed like a seventies, like kind of genre actor. And so to see him next to Jeff Bridges, who, you know, obviously would go on to become one of the the greater ones of our time. It's kind of weird seeing them together. God, I'd love to have lived his life. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but (laughs) goddamn Jeff Bridges, you couldn't have asked for a, he must've fucking blew Jesus Christ, you know, or his (laughs) relatives did or something. If you believe in that kind of thing, uh, sorry, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> the um, that was just way over the line. <laughs> so the synopsis is kind of weird on the IMDb. It took him twenty years to find out who he was, he and, and two laps to let the world know what I said. He's ignoring me, and moving on <laughs> from that comment. Yes, uh, somebody asked me the other day if they could borrow our cricket. <laughs> For like a show they were doing, I was like, <laughs> "Hey man, that's our fucking trademark." Stop bitch. stealing our fucking crickets. We stole the whole. We stole our whole thing from the gentleman's our whole guy. Show, but we're we're <laughs> we're clinging on to the crickets. That's the okay. only thing that makes us unique. That's when, when. Now listen, people. If you want, if you think it would be a good idea for us to put a. A uh, what's the show called? Silver <laughs> Gold <laughs> with with some kind of uh, with our mascot, the the two fat redneck uh, couch potato crickets on it, on something <laughs> that you can purchase. We need to make some money to keep this show going because I'm telling you what I, I hate to say this and I didn't want to bring this up, but um, you know you got to have some funding, you know, <laughs> keep this show going. Well, you know, one of these days we, you know, we might not be here. Got to show some appreciation. One of these days, my, uh, my, uh, rubber bands and bubble gum, uh, <laughs> putting together this show is going to fall apart. Uh, 
we don't support podcasts. <laughs> we I'm don't get, that's going to catch up to me someday. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The one way that we get away with that is we are we are so um, uh, crappy that they're like I don't think we're even considered in the podcasting genre. Yeah. But if you want to send us money, feel free. Fifty cents, a dollar, uh, five dollars. Like if you wanted to send five hundred dollars, I guarantee you, we I will step up my fucking performance. But until then, you're going to get what you've been getting. Just shit. <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. Back to Last, back to Last American Hero. All right, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Lamont Johnson. <clears throat> Lamont Tom Johnson. Wolf. Tom Wolf. He wrote it. He wrote yeah, the Tom articles that, on shit. which this was based. Um, yeah. This is a... Tom this Wolf looked like Larry King's gay son or brother or something. This one might be um, a I'll little... Oh, what? <laughs> this I one might, this one might be a little more true to life, even though it takes place at the wrong time. Uh, yeah, they kind of moved it forward. They moved bit. it into the seventies, sixties, and seventies. But um, Junior Johnson had his heyday in the uh, in the mid to late fifties. <laughs> um, <clears throat> now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just off focus at all. I'm totally right now. I'm totally off focus because I can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, now this this film largely takes place in Wilkes County, North Carolina, which I said earlier is from uh, my old. How far is that away from? For how far would you say that's away from where you live right now? From where I live right now, it's probably two and a half hours. But from where mm. I grew up, it was probably only thirty minutes. Um, might have been hanging out with Junior John. He might have been like fingering you or something when you were a kid. <laughs> well, he was. He would have been very old. No, I should say because I don't want to. Be, now, Junior, that was just me fucking going up because there was like I'm not. There was never like Jerry Lawler or anything right, like right. that. But Junior Johnson, I don't know where I, I. So I don't want people to think that there was like some kind of a scandal. You know, he was sticking his finger up Loaf's ass or something. <laughs> It's not true. That was totally disproven. <laughs> they didn't call it white light or grease light for nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, my my uh, my dad grew up in um, in Iredale County, who mm. so which is like a next door neighbor. Um, Wilkes County, Wilkesboro is kind of like next door to us as well. And um, there's some hill, uh, hickories in the area. This is kind of the foothills of North Carolina. And um, this let, fil- let me ask you a question. What's okay, that? I don't mean to cut you off, but I just thought of a good question because of where you live, um, in your lifetime or in your father's lifetime or whatever, have you ever had white lightning? Uh, I've like real white light, like real. My, stuff? Uh, my uh my dad used to used to drink that um it's fun he's he had this um tool like like a shelf i guess that mm-hmm. he it came from i think it came from um he he worked in uh i forgot the name of the place but apparently they cl- the, the store closed and this is before he started working for RJ Reynolds tobacco mm-hmm. in the in the 70s he he worked like stocking shelves or something and the store closed, and he took home this shelf, and it was kind of like um, it was two sided. So there were shelves on both sides that had wheels on it. Okay. He kept all those tools on one side, but it was pushed against the wall. If you rolled it out, he had a little stash behind it on the shelves. <laughs> <in there. laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure there were some uh, jars from time to time. Yeah. Well, um, was uh, was um, like I mean, do you think that he was having? 
sampling some some uh, corn liquor when he would inquire about your sex life. <laughs> no, he was more of a yeah, fucker. By the time I was by the time I was that old, he was pretty much on beer only. Oh, uh, yeah, that's um, a shame. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dad, um, you're so much more fun when you're. You know, well, I'll tell you, the stronger the alcohol, the meaner that motherfucker was. So. The uh, I'm laughing <laughs> because I cry outside. Uh, <laughs> can't, can't, can't. No, I, I do know my my his dad his dad my grandfather he died before I was born, um, and I'm pretty sure it was due to. <laughs> It was due. To, <laughs> it was due to health complications from drinking homemade liquor. Um, he uh, he had throat cancer or something and was not a heavy smoker. <laughs> so um, it was still prevalent, you know. As my dad was growing up, even even when I was a kid, it was still like you know, that was still in the uh, in the general knowledge of you know the redneck community, I guess. In the bloodstream. <clears throat> yeah. So. Um, so what, do you often? Find yourself um, tearing up <clears throat> when you hear the uh, Dan Fogelberg song, leader of the band. I'm just a living legacy. Yeah, so in the, or when I see, uh, <clears throat> me too. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> so um, this is Jimmy uh, Johnson's an interesting. I'm interesting speaking character. of uh, no. Go ahead. Well, he um, let's move on. He sells legal moonshine and some other things now. <clears throat> Uh, Who? Your dad? No, Junior Johnson. Oh, Um, I don't think he. I don't know that he's in the racing business anymore. But Mm -hmm. I mean, he has like country ham, and he's got to be pretty old now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's up there. I would think. Um, He lives in the. He lives close to my parents now. I think. I I, I think he does. I don't know if he lives in Wilkes County, but he lives. Because I mean, seriously, when you think about it, Jeff Bridges is fucking really old now. Yeah. And uh, so Junior Johnson. I mean, if he was now when he went to prison. Okay, in the movie they switch things around, you know, for dramatic effect or whatever. Yeah. It gives gives him a um, a uh, a kind of a, a a reason to do what he's doing to try and make money and this and that. Uh, in reality, in the movie, um, uh, Junior was it Junior Jackson's what they called Junior him Jackson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his his father uh, goes to prison for for uh, uh, making illegal. Uh, alcohol, right. corn liquor, or whatever. <clears throat> in reality, in real life, uh, Junior Johnson actually did, uh, yep. and I, I think for uh, I don't know if it's like eleven months or something like that. So um, they 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 did some things like that. Um, that you know, I guess it, it, it really doesn't change anything. They could have done, but it, it, it moved the story along, you know, because it, his thing was to try and help his dad out. He felt guilty, you know, yeah, for. Yeah. Uh, being kind of a uh, wild and uh, taking chances, and his dad would say, "You know, you don't want to, you don't want to stand out. You don't want to like, like we were saying about the other movie. You you might be beating these cops, and you might be, but you don't want to make them look foolish because when you do, then it becomes personal, and they're going to get you no matter what. Yeah, you know, even if they have to frame you or whatever. So." You no, know, oh, with both these films, what I, I wish they focused on the moonshining part a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, gra- I mean, g- granted, they are racing movies, so of course there's going to be the racing in it. But it would be, it would have been cool if there was a little more of the bootlegging stuff in it. Um, it's a really interesting, like, I guess cat and mouse game that used to go on. I've, I've you know I've read and watched some like you know TV type documentaries about bootlegging and just how and it's always try- trying to one up one another. Um, with 
you know, technology and stuff and the, you know, the how stock car racing even came about. These guys had these cars that just, they had to have them look as normal as possible because if a car went by looking souped up, that was just, that was reason enough for a cop to stop you and check your car. And to, you know, they had to have these cars that just looked like generic cars, but were fucking just monsters under the hood. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they would hide, like, they, when they, you know, came out, came out of those dirt roads, they would hide, like, buckets of soapy water under bridges so they could, uh, you know, wash their tires off. Because so, that was, you know, anything that made your car look suspicious. They put extra suspension in the back so all the liquor in the back didn't weigh the car down because that was mm. also a reason to stop. So, um, you know, Junior Johnson is, you know, the, you know, the sport did start from the souped-up cars that would run Moonshine. Uh, across county lines and stuff like that. Um, and Junior Johnson was one of the legit guys that actually, you know, mm-hmm. made it big. Um, I, you know, I was re- just reading on his Wikipedia saying that, you know, he he's credited with inventing the bootleg turn, which is they show that in the movie where he, he they escape uh, the cops chasing him by all of a sudden just turning 180 degrees and going back the other way. And the person, mm-hmm. you know, the cop doesn't have time to turn around. And, uh, you know, they show him do this, the thing with the police light, too. Like, he, that's actually something he did. And um, Yeah, he was the technical advisor on this. So a lot of the stuff yeah. that, that, you know, he made it authentic. So Didn't uh, have any, uh, you know, any uh, coontang in it. To- <laughs> it did not. It, it, was, it was surprisingly void of, of racism. I was mm-hmm. expected to be thrown in there at least somewhere. But, uh, well, did they, I mean, uh, you know, not to nitpick, you know. Fly shit out of a bowl of sugar, <laughs> but did this have any African American people in it? it, it well, in, unless there was anybody in the background, there was nobody with like a yeah. speaking role. I don't think. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's it has nothing to do. I mean, it doesn't one way or another. But you know, I guess maybe in the part of I don't know. I mean, you would think that living in that area at that time, you know, they'd have some. But it well, doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Even not, now, that area is still segregated. Not mm-hmm. not intentionally. But yeah. just uh, eco- from economic reasons. Yeah, and- I mean, there'll be, you know, there's definitely, I mean, even even where I live now, I live in the state capital, but, you know, even now it's like there'll be just black neighborhoods and white mm-hmm. neighborhoods. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of mix across still. Right. So. And um, this is a... Uh, Got to stick with your own. Yeah, yeah. The, um, I like when they, uh, there's 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 some good, uh, good lines in the movie, <clears throat> some good, like, I'm always I always appreciate nice like redneck type lines. <laughs> if it sounds authentic, you can really if you're from like where we're from, yeah. you can really tell like yeah, yeah, when yeah. They, I it really bugs me a lot uh and I've told people this before and they're like, you know, like Robert De Niro doing uh Max Cady or something like that and they're like, "Oh, I thought he sounded fine." And I'm like, "Man, you can I can tell that he <laughs> is not from, you know, it, it, it comes through. He ain't no redneck." Now where is Jeff Bridges from? I would think he would be like a California boy if Lloyd Bridges was out there making movies and shit all yeah. the time. Maybe not. But yeah, you know, born in Los Angeles. So. Yeah. They were probably out there in Hollywood and all that shit and but he, living he, the high life. He, he, he can good, pull it uh, off. Yeah, he does a, he does a good uh, – him, him and his brother both do a good good southern man. 
Um, well, and, and, uh, and he, uh, well, fuck, man, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I thought when you said his brother, I thought you meant Busey. I was going to say, well, <laughs> shit, man, there's no, and I don't know where Busey's from. Busey might be from who knows where, but man, you talk about if, he, if he's from Cali, which he probably is because he was oh, a surfer. He's from Goose Creek, Texas. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He is from Texas. I was going to say, man, uh, there's, there's one part of this movie where Busey just off the, off uh, the cuff or whatever says something about a mule, and I thought, God, damn the irony with his fucking <laughs> yeah. teeth jesus uh, um yeah Busey and uh and bridges are, re- are really are good together and i I, <laughs> I i don't know i've not seen anything else with them together i would have liked to have seen something but you could see more. you could uh it wasn't i mean it's not that they looked a lot of like face mm-hmm. but you could see you could accept that they were brothers i mean yeah. maybe it's because they kind of had the the way they wore their hair and the clothes and everything yeah you know, so uh, they, but like, like he says, like they get in an argument at one point, and they're like kind of walking away from each other. And I think Busey throws, <laughs> throws pie. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it, it's really, it's, it seems authentic. It seems like mm-hmm. two, what two brothers would do. And but you know, you hear, you hear Bridges say, "Did you throw some pie at me, man?" <laughs> man, yeah, hey, that's another thing. Bridges, every time he would say "man" in this movie, it reminded, it just took me straight to the dude. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be like. Hey man, you know. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, there's a um, you know when uh, during the one of his races when uh, when Johnson kind of like he's bumping a guy and stuff and but the guy says what kind of racing is that you dirty corn running shit? <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of a, he would be kind of almost like a Dale Earnhardt guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the kind of guy that that you know didn't mind rubbing and yeah. and actually running the guys off the road and everything else because that was what. But that's what he even before he got into racing. The, the one guy, uh, hang on one second, I'm gonna sneeze. Uh, <laughs> I think it might have been Ned Beatty. Or whoever he went to when he first wanted to race, you know, he got in demolition derby, which is just you know, you know, and there's a, there's a technique to that. One of my friends is big into demolition derbies and races them all the time. Drive in reverse. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, but the guy says uh, the next time he says, well, you know, when's the next race? And he basically says that they're having an actual race, you know, stock car race. And he goes, I'm in. And he says, you can't do that. You, you don't have any experience. And, and Jeff Bridges basically says, you know, I've got ex-, – you know, he, he did have experience. He probably had more experience being <laughs> yeah. an aggressive driver than a lot of the guys because he was doing it all the time. Running for – I mean – and he wasn't driving for a prize. He was driving for his fucking freedom and, you know, it's, it maybe even for his life uh, because he, you know – I have a book about um, uh, it's a guy that was a like I, I don't even know if they called it ATF at the time, but it's like a, a um, you know uh, federal whatever um, uh, uh, that went around busting these stills and you know uh, Hollywood romanticize and and there's both there's two sides to every story because you know these people were making money and everything, but. Um, if you look at it from the law enforcement side, you know, you see in the movies Smokey and the Bandit or mm-hmm. they always make it look like, you know, these these um, guys are just poor country folk and everything. But it from the law enforcement side, it was almost like uh, 
I don't know if I'd say like there was there were some people on the side that just the good old boy redneck side that were some major league criminals that you would think of in the the idea of like a fucking Pablo a redneck Pablo Escobars yeah, they yeah. would kill fucking police they would kill people if they thought you were a snitch I mean if you um, uh, the state line the book the state line mob which is all about um, the the uh, it, part of it is about Buford Pusser is you'll you see a lot of this shit and they were ruthless people that murdered people and like like I said there's there were probably people that that were not like that 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 did it and were nice people but it, it there it wasn't all uh, you know they called him the bandit and Big Enos and Little Enos Burnett yeah. Paul Williams the yeah. uh, the, <laughs> the the father in this film is he's kind of like the uncle Jesse type. Mm-hmm. He's not the, he's not the criminal. He's the guy that like, he appreciates his craft more than anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, you know, from moon runners or from Dukes of hazard or whatever. Um, I, I like the, I like the relationship that they, uh, he had that, um, junior had with his dad. Uh, it was, you know, there's a cool moment where they're, I've never seen that in prison before. Usually in prison and you see when two, you know, somebody's talking to somebody that's in prison, it's that little phone through the glass window. They're just talking through this tiny little hole in the wall, which mm-hmm. is kind of bizarre. But um, his dad talking about the time that he worked at the mill, which I think it was the miller. Was that the other one? They're, both of them have a very similar moment where they're saying like, basically like you're a slave if you go and work for this thing like I, that's why if you I, work what's that <laughs> you're a slave if you work <laughs> yeah um but yeah, which in a way they're, they're right well he's got a good line says that if you, you know, work for check wasn't money it was a bill of sale uh you know that it just wasn't for him like he just couldn't do that you know getting locked in finishing your job before you go home kind of thing and but you know what it's not it's not like uh um when you think about it, you know, you think all oh, those motherfuckers, they didn't they just didn't want to work or whatever. It was more of an independent thing yeah, because yeah. they fucking were I mean, making this moonshine and getting up in the middle of the fucking night and keeping the fire going and then loading it up and everything. I mean, they were it was work. But it's it that crossed over into like Junior's driving, I think that was like it wasn't that he didn't have a work ethic, mm-hmm. it's that he didn't want to work for anybody else. Yeah. He uh, he like even you know when he would get into driving he didn't want to work for these big guys that had all the money that could afford to buy the cars and stuff which is almost he had to do it um, and that was the same thing with the moonshine it wasn't a question of I'm lazy and I'm sitting like the the guys on hee haw that sat around on the porch and they were just you know fat lazy and stupid I mean they were clever I mean very clever with a lot of the schemes they came up with. And <clears throat> The uh, there's a you know, there's a really good moment too when Junior gives his dad the tro- his first trophy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was nice. So um, I thought of Mikey when I don't remember who even who said this, but I wrote it down. I thought of Mikey when they said, "It seems like they're from Michigan, and you know what they do up there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's when they're talking about going to Lake Lure, which is actually a real place. Um, and that was a funny scene where uh, I, you know I actually had a guy uh, show me Jeff Bridges' self defense move. Uh, a long grabbing time the, ago, grabbing the lip, grabbing the upper. He he. Uh, uh, I think it was a state cop or something had showed him. You know, he said uh, 
they were at some kind of a I don't know if it was some kind of a school or something like that, and they, they the guy was in a car, and he said, you know, if a perp doesn't want to get out of the car, he said, I want you to get in the car. Put your arms through that steering wheel in any way you can. Put them right through there and grab a hold and lock your hands and this and that and put them in there so I cannot pull you out of this car. And he did it and he said, I was in there. I mean, and this guy lifted weights and everything. And he said, I was in there like, so no one, you are not going to pull me out of there if you grab me by the shirt or whatever. He said, the guy reached in, grabbed him by the upper lip and <laughs> twisted. And he said, I let go in like two seconds. <laughs> oh, God. Does that mean you fucking pull your fucking lip off your face? Yeah, not, the, your nose, like that. That whole area right in the center of your face yeah. is just really uh, sensitive anyway. So, mm-hmm. Especially when you like a girl doesn't – if she shaves, but she leaves some stubble. <laughs> they, um, Get that fucking puss hole burn. So it's – I thought it was kind of funny in this film when uh, when <laughs> when uh, Junior goes to like actually start professionally racing and um, he's in the – I guess the big city of Hickory. <laughs> Let mm-hmm. me tell you. Hickory is not anywhere close to a big city, so it's kind of funny that he's calling home and saying, "You know, the people here are like it's like it's some it's some like uh, mecca or some metro yeah. uh, metropolitan area." Every time I hear you say Hickory, I think of Hickory. that Gene Hackman basketball movie. Oh, uh, the um, um, Dennis um, Hopper, right? Because uh, that was the name of yeah, that was the name of the high school. But I guess that was was that Indiana. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess so. The um, sidetrack. Oh, yeah. Oh well. Um, <laughs> the so Junior kind of has some issues, just like uh, in the previous movie. You know, it's a sports movie, so they're mm-hmm. gonna like start off strong, but then something something's gonna make it a, a a trial. They're gonna have to, you know, work over the 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 tough part, and you know, his tough part. He, he you know he starts bootlegging and stuff again, and. Um, he's missing home, and he's kind of banging Valerie uh, Perrine, who is also banging somebody else. Ken Duken. The one thing that I – I liked movies uh, – Not, I mean, of course, not all of them, but movies that were good for me at, at, at this period of time in the 70s and stuff like that, mm-hmm. movies that weren't – Cut and dry. Uh, and I think in today's movies, um, they would, you know, or even the period before this and say like the f- the 50s or whatever, uh, uh, you know, he would meet uh, like a girl like her and she they would fall in love and blah, 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 blah. It wasn't like that. I mean, it was – there was nothing that was – people had depth. There was no this girl is the good girl. Yeah. Well, even in, even in the, the movie we reviewed previously, Grease Lightning, Pam Greer was just a stock. He met the love of his life at first glance. They got married and then she was there as his wife. Yeah, and, Whereas yeah. this one is more rough around the edges. Everybody – no one, even even Junior. I mean, no one is just a cut and dry hero. I mean, he's a good guy and everything, but and I'm not saying that he does anything that's like really horrible or anything. But they're flawed people, and not only that, but the way that if you live long enough in life, and of course, you know, I make fun of my previous uh, picadellos with women, but in life, you don't. I ex- you would expect in this movie by from watching other movies, okay, he is in love with this girl and they hit it off and he thinks everything's great and then the next thing you know he catches her with this guy. 
that he's going to be like, you know, you fucking bitch, blah, 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 and that's it. Yeah. But it's not like that. You know, he like, and, and it's not just black and white. Everything isn't black and white and simplified for, you know, because at first, when I first saw that, I was like, what a fucking bitch, blah, 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 blah. But then, you know, after you see it happen and happen this time and that time, or you think, well, you know, that's just how she is, and she's not good or bad or, or you know, for better or for worse. You know, he, he, in his mind, when he, you know, he's telling her, you're the most beautiful woman, you know, you're perfect, you're the most beautiful. But he doesn't even know her, you know. And then when he gets to know her, he realizes, you know, she's not uh, – she's just a person who yeah. likes big dick. And she is what they call in wrestling a rat. <laughs> yes. Or a groupie in rock and roll. Yeah. She, I mean, she's just interested in just going she's to races. Like have, she's and just banging. a girl who likes to have fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I'll tell you what, I'd have been right in. I'd have, right after William Smith, oh, I'm sorry. Right <laughs> after somebody got up off of her, Jeff Bridges or whatever, and blew his big wad all over and everything, man, I'd get in there with her. She was hot. I, there's she, something. Yeah. She, she, she doesn't have the um, like. I, I watched her in uh, the movie Lenny with Dustin Hoffman about Lenny Bruce, and I think she got like an Oscar nomination or maybe won the Oscar for that, which has shocked the shit out of me because I always thought of her as being in Charles Bronson movies, Breakout or this movie or whatever. But um, she's a pretty good actress, and but she has that buxom, uh, old school burlesque kind of body. Yeah, you could see it well, and I get that probably from Lenny because the, his uh, the woman that he married in real life, I guess he met her, and she was a stripper or a burlesque dancer. And um, but you know, just that old she she's kind of a crossover from that old school like that from um, you know burlesque, and then into the counterculture. Yeah, you take a big titted chick with curvy hips, and you know, and it's kind of a, just a sweet kind of country girl face or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. I'd fucking fuck the shit out of her. <laughs> there's a speaking of somebody you would not. There's Let's get a, down a brass tag. There was a really there was this fat deputy sheriff in it that looked totally ridiculous. I didn't recognize him. I liked the scene because um, when um, you know, as I mentioned, when mm-hmm. when Junior has to start making money on the side because racing's not you know because he you know he's he's wrecked his car or whatever and can't, doesn't have it, but so he's. Uh, running moonshine again, but this time in a truck. Um, mm. I like that scene with the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Busey's like- very proud of it. But there's this guy that pulls him over. Um, he's got the tiniest hat and this big <laughs> fucking belly that hangs in front of his dick. I know you know what it looks like, uh, and it's just oh my god, <laughs> this guy just looks. Re- <laughs> what? No, no. I, I know you as in you as in like- listeners. I know you know what it looks like because you watch the movie, but <laughs> not you personally. Uh, but listeners, oh, when uh, listeners, fans, if you will, the <laughs> what the uh, oh, my, oh, I thought you were talking about a movie called Listeners. No, no, no. no. Fucking dance. Go ahead. Um, the my wife when a woman has that, my wife and I call it the bunt, like the belly and the cunt becoming one thing. <laughs> So, what do they there there is a technical term for that. I've heard Drew Pinsky talk about that when you get that flap. Ugh, so they gross. said like even for guys, they said that that's why a lot of guys once they start getting really heavy down there and they have that, that flap that it, it really it does affect like their their uh, sexual performance. Uh, I don't know if it cuts off the blood or what. Kevin you know? Smith calls it FOP 
or fat overweight penis <laughs> when you, you have fat around your dick. So we call it, so it's bunts and fops. We're not we're not fans of them, but we're fans of pointing them out. So um, I'd never seen a Kmart Foods before. That was kind of weird. Um, and so he that was a kind of a cool scene too when he, which. I guess nobody had answering machines then, but when he records a record, that was kind of neat. So. That, that, well, you know what? Okay, uh, I know what you're saying just because that they actually had that that stuff. But um, the, that scene, really, I thought, I mean, you know, he's in there and he's talking and talking and talking. Because I've done sort of the same things before mm-hmm. where you, you're, you're talking to a tape recorder or even if you're calling a damn stupid answering machine, which never leave a fucking message, you know, if you're like emotional or you're right. in love or something like that. And you, and you ramble on and you think, man, I'm saying everything. This is just coming out so great. And then <laughs> you record the whole later. thing. And then the next thing when you're done, you're like, fuck. And you just, you know, either erase it or whatever. Yeah. Fupa, four pound, four sounds, fat, gunt, pussy, vagina, gut, obese, belly, cunt, fupa, fatty pooch front. Fatty pooch front. There you go. Yeah. Fatty upper pussy area, which is when the woman's uh, fupa, that roll of flab over the genitals that occurs in obese people with a flap. Poop up her puss area. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? Hey, everybody's different. Panis. I think that's what he called it. The panis is derived from the word panis <laughs> instead of penis. It's penis. And it, people afflicted with paniculus are either overweight or usually obese. Yeah, a panis. That's what. That's what the technical term is. All right. So. Um, I <laughs> said, so just like, hey man, you know what? I'm not, I'm not talking about bad about people that are heavy because, hey, I'm, I, I'm, I will probably if I keep on this track, I've lost 13 pounds. So I'm going in the opposite direction now. Nice. So. I've lost five just because I've been sick the last two weeks and haven't really. See, eaten being long. sick isn't a bad thing sometimes. Um, no pants. We, you know, we make a f- movie called Panas. <laughs> Fupa. Panas Fupa. Fupa versus Panas. <laughs> Oh God! Um, like a uh, shark, uh, fucking uh, shark gator, mega, mega, <laughs> mega bunt versus giant fupa. <laughs> <Pants>. <laughs> um, like so, the Go ahead. Uh, so just like on. just like with the movie Victory, um, you know they've taken a sport with both of these films. Really, they've taken a sport that can feel slow at times. And they edit it pretty well to be exciting, at least cinematically. Is it not weird, though? I mean, okay. And I'm fucking interrupting every two seconds. I'm sorry. But (laughs) saying a sport that seems so slow at times about a sport where people are driving like 200 miles an hour. I know. It's because they drive 200 miles an hour for five hours. And, and, you know, you you can't. I've never been. Have you ever been to uh, uh, like a stock car race live, like an actual no, big one? No. Okay, I, I haven't either. You can't. To me, on TV, there's no way that you can. The only time that you can judge the speed is when they have the camera up really close and they show the cars just going by. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that, because it just looks. It's like when you drive in Kansas or Oklahoma or something like that, and it's just straight and flat. You could be going 100 miles an hour, but it just seems like you're just you know sitting still. Yeah, just floating. So, Anyway, we um, know, we'll, 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 that's the next horror ham. We'll have it at, a, at a Daytona or something or yeah. Rockingham. And then um, 
the you know the big race at the end both you know if it's a sports movie it has to have the big something mm-hmm. moment at the end but there's a really cool uh aerial shot of this area and i i i think it's supposed to be and it might actually be Martinsville Virginia which uh-huh. has grown up definitely since this was filmed um yeah that was a, that was a i know what you're talking about that was a fucking awesome shot with all the cars parked and everything so many cars parked everywhere it was a really cool shot just parked across the grass they didn't have parking lots and stuff like yeah. that so and this is early 70s you know and you can imagine what it's like now yeah so the um I, that's something like i said with the last one the nostalgic thing something i really got from this one as well and this was actually filmed in um wilkes county and in that area so it was it's it's like it, this looks like home like this is where this is where i grew up and like i don't know i've been on here and i've said that i don't i i don't always i don't always like what the shit that happened to me as a kid but mm-hmm. you know you're always going to miss something about your childhood and just like if i were to move to like tokyo or something i would still always have that part of me that likes that like yeah you know, that dirt we were road just kind yeah of, Area. We were just talking about that at work last night. I said, you know, uh, growing up, because if you live in the same town, uh, say for the first 18 years of your life, which I did, yeah. uh, my whole thing was, and I remember saying this over and over and over, the closer I got to graduation, I can't wait to get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. and, and go somewhere else. But looking back, and I rode my motorcycle out. You know, my mom and dad still live there and live in the same house and everything. Or go out there, and I told my mom, I said, you know what? This is a, just a really nice area. The the uh, not nice like you know uh, affluent or anything. Just you know, not huge houses or anything. But it's just nice. It's a it's a quiet little you know town, and uh, and. Going back now without – I think what I want to – when you say you want to get away from your hometown or whatever, yeah. the bad things, it's not the area. It's the just uh, – What you experienced. Maybe the baggage, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, now that all that shit's kind of blown over or the people have moved away and everything, you know, I think about – and like you say, you know, it's a, it's, it's a nostalgia or emotional stuff. You know, I was thinking the other day about just times where – we would be out in my mom and dad's backyard playing. And, you know, you when you were a kid, it was nothing to just be like playing army and rolling around the grass and crawling and what the grass felt like and hiding under a pine tree and shit like that. Yeah. And it was fucking awesome, you know. So there's, like you said, but, you know, getting fucking, well, whatever. There's bad shit too. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. Well, you can go, you can go ahead and get into your stuff. <laughs> um, well... Uh, okay. I think, um, for some reason, Jeff Bridges, if you look up his older stuff, I was thinking about a movie, it's called Bad Company that he was in, and Mm -hmm. it was probably around this time. And then the movie he made with Sam Waterston, where he, uh, where they stole the cows and stuff, uh, they would shoot the cows, um, Rancho Deluxe, Mm -hmm. Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Uh, when you go back, he even at this time, at his, at the age that he was, uh, he made really cool choices. Yeah, and I think this movie was kind of a cool choice for him. This could this movie uh, uh, was for me. It had the stuff that the Richard Pryor movie was missing. Yeah, more of kind of the adult. Um, Themes, and when I say adult themes, I don't mean you know them fucking you know Valerie Prine or whatever. Uh, it seems uh, more real. It doesn't seem like it, just a character. Yeah. 
Yeah, it seems more real, and it's it, the cast is fucking awesome. Ed Ed Lauder's in it, and you know you've seen him in a million things. Uh, he plays um, the guy, the, the owner of you know a a, 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 a stock car NASCAR team, mm-hmm. and uh, he's really good. He's fucking good in everything that he's fucking was ever in. I don't think I ever remember him, and and of course you know he he kind of played. He's a character actor and played sort of the same, you know, even as a prison guard in Longest Yard or whatever. You know, it's sort of the same kind of guy, but still just fucking solid as shit. Um, He does not have matinee looks, we'll just say that. No, no, not at all. But I mean, (laughs) but even without matinee looks, I think that he's the kind of guy that would probably get some pussy because he has a certain charisma. There's nobody that looks like him. Mm-hmm. That you know, I mean, he has a certain now. Ned Beatty, I don't think Ned Beatty got pussy, but Ned Beatty <laughs> should. I mean, like I said, if you needed a Southern sheriff like the Grease Lightning, where they totally fucked it up, mm-hmm. hell, you can. And Ned Beatty in White Lightning, fuck, he's the meanest. I mean, every movie you see him in, you know, people think of him as the guy that got butt fucked and raped in uh, Deliverance or whatever. But Ned Beatty was great, and if you watch him in White Lightning. Uh, and he doesn't play a puss or anything. He was a bad motherfucker, yeah. Southern Sheriff. To he me, mean. he was a realistic, mean-ass sheriff. He had a belly and everything, but he was a fucking bastard uh, to the nth degree. Gary Busey, um, just watching this movie and, again, well, hey, when you said uh, Gary Busey and um, Jeff Bridges, they were in Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Gary Busey had a small part in that one. Mm. They all had to get jobs to that. make the money. Uh, he worked uh, with uh, Jeff Bridges uh, fixing the woman's lawn that would come and stand naked in front of the window. Um, but um, Gary Busey, when I watch him in a movie like this um, or Big Wednesday or something like that, you think, God, you know, it's a shame that uh, – and I know even before he had the motorcycle wreck, he was starting to get really fucked up on – Drugs and cocaine mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but the motorcycle wreck really just totally fucked him up because he'll. It's you can get off drugs and you can recover from that and go into recovery and everything. He, you know, uh, like uh, bringing up Drew Pinsky, Doctor Drew Pinsky again. I mean, he said on that one show, he told these other people on that rehab show when they were getting annoyed with Busey, he said, you know, this isn't from drugs. Uh, you know, there's part of it, the way he acted that was from doing drugs, but he has part of his brain is missing. He had such brain trauma that they had to remove like a part of his like frontal lobe is not missing, but I may be like destroyed. And so he has no impulse control. So when you see him acting crazy and people make fun of him and say, oh, he's fucking on drugs and everything. No, he's, he's brain damaged. He's fucked up now. Uh, And uh, when you look at him here, even though he had the big horse teeth and everything, he was still a young, good looking guy and, and a good, a fucking damn good actor. I thought Uh, he could really pull off these uh, rural, you know, parts without coming off like he was being a caricature. Um, William Smith, I love William Smith, and I understand. I know what you're saying um, because I loved him in movies where he was a fucking badass motherfucker, biker movies and shit like that, or when he played Falcon Eddie and Rich Man Poor Man and was trying to rape Nick Nolte, and Nick Nolte knocked his eye out. Um, <laughs> it was great because um, he was one of these guys, just like Lee Marvin. Uh, that when he or Vic Dakin, uh, when he would beat somebody or beat somebody up in a movie, he almost looked like he would have this look like he was getting off, mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, in the uh, Gary Busey movie with um, 
was it Eye of the Tiger? You know, sort of the same thing. But I also liked William Smith in movies where he went against that. Uh, like in Red Dawn, he played the Spetsna captain or whatever, but he was very understated. Yeah. yeah. And in this movie, even though there was like one part where he was kind of like tells Jeff Bridges, you know, anytime, any place, he didn't. They didn't play it off like him being this big badass motherfucker that Jeff Bridges was scared of or that he was just like, I could kill you, I'd kick your ass and threaten him all the time. He was a real – he played a real guy, like a real part. Um, he was he was cocky, but even when, when Bridges first shows up at the racetrack and uh, Kyle Kingman, which is uh, – William Smith's character is standing there and you see William Smith. My first expectation is William Smith's going to be the bad guy. He's going to be a total dick yeah. and he's going to be a total dick to Jeff Bridges. And he wasn't. He, and I, I he wonder t- if he was, a, I wonder if he was supposed to be like Richard Petty or something. Well, he, the, he in the one part he was, he dro- yeah, that was, you know, you know, that was Richard Petty in that car. That was yeah, footage yeah, of Richard yeah, Petty. Yeah. Cause that was his car, the STP 43 yeah. red and uh, blue. Um, but, um, he played it like a real guy. He didn't play it like monster William Smith, bad guy, biker, psycho. Uh, and that came across big time with his relationship uh, with Valerie Perrine and then like when his wife showed up or the one you – know, well, I already gave it away. But his wife showed up and, and, <laughs> and he becomes like the – in two seconds, he goes from being the, the stud uh, race car driver guy to – being, you know, his wife's like, you know, uh, go get me a drink, honey, you know, and, and he, she puts him in his place in about two fucking seconds <laughs> and he shrinks, you know, um, and I saw him in a movie that um, is, I can't even remember the name of it, but it's out of print and I found it on the other means uh, way um, about a, a teenage runaway girl. And you think, okay, William Smith's in this. And the first thing I thought was he's going to be like some badass, crazy, psycho guy that's going to be like a truck driver that picks her up and rapes her or something. But he played a businessman, and he played it totally against type. And, it, I mean, he was big. You know, he had the suit on, and you can mm-hmm. see like he was a big guy. Even in this movie, you can he puts his arm out the window when he wins a race, and you're like, look at that fucking bicep. <laughs> you know, a big motherfucker. But um, – he he was a good actor and yeah. you know really intelligent dude spoke I don't know many different languages so he's cool I like seeing him in anything yeah um, Lane Smith is in this he's been in a ton of shit um, as uh, Rick Penny uh, but the, you you got some good race footage but they keep it to the, the uh, enough because that's what drives the movie yeah um, I mean there's but, a 500 lap race in the film that seriously takes a, like three minutes, four minutes yeah, of movie yeah. time. So, you know, they do, they go, they do a good job of editing, editing it down and keeping, keeping it to the highlights, I guess. And, and I think there's something, and I see this in a lot of Jeff Bridges movies, even in like a, like a Thunderbolt and Lightfoot where he is, you know, a, a, a likable guy, but there's something else there. It's never just, you know, he's, he's never just a buffoon or just a funny. Now, of course, like Big Lebowski, he was that way, yeah, you yeah. know, that was the, that was a character, but it's always like there's there's you can in the characters he plays, whether it was that bad company or this movie or whatever. Um, yeah, he's a pretty nice guy in this movie, but there's something else there. Yeah, uh, and, and it's not stated. It's just his acting. You know, it's not just um, 
There's something else that drives him. There's something else there. You could tell that he could, he was the kind of guy, you know, he might be a nice, him and his buddies hanging around already. But then when the guy says something about his dad being in jail and he is under the car, you just know. Because Busey even looks and he's like, oh, shit. And he doesn't come <laughs> out of there and like come over to the guy and is like, you know, look, motherfucker. He's still, it's just like this quiet badass you know mm-hmm. kind of guy and the kind of guy that if he got out on the racetrack he might not be able to beat your ass but if he uh, physically but if he got out on the racetrack you know he's a, he's like a badass motherfucker so anyway um comparing the two movies i like this one a lot more yeah uh i thought i thought it had a lot more depth with all the characters uh and um the acting was just a notch, uh, 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 not a notch, but a couple of notches better. Yeah, yeah. Not that the other one was bad, but like I said, you know, uh, you, you have some really, this is a really nice cast. And this is, to me, is kind of like a little bit of a, I don't know if I want to say a forgotten movie, but uh, when you talk about Jeff Bridges, you know, it, it, it's not one that that comes up. Right. But it's I, kind, It's kind of weird that we ended up with Bo and Jeff Bridges on the huh? show. Like, and that I wasn't planned. <laughs> Never thought of that until today, and I posted on the thing. You know, what, uh, something else that these movies have in common is that we have the Bridges brothers, yeah. and it's kind. Of, but it is kind of cool because the one was seventy-seven, and this one's seventy-three. Mm-hmm. That, uh, but, but, uh, and I always thought that, uh, and probably it's true because I, before I ever knew who Jeff Bridges was, before he ever came on the scene when I was a kid. Everybody knew who Bo Bridges was. He was the young star, yeah. you know, the, a big name that was uh, up and comer and everything. And he was in a lot of shit. So I think he is older than Jeff. But it's kind of cool watching this movie to see both of them when they were young, good looking, and they were—I don't want to say in their prime because—and even Bo Bridges, he went on to make some to be in some good shit. Even when he got older, he plays a different kind of a role now more like a character role because he's fatter and older and everything but uh he's still a really good actor but see all these guys i and maybe it's maybe it's just like another nostalgia thing the older you get uh when i saw i don't know if it was tommy lee jones or uh robert duvall or whoever guys that are still around now Mm -hmm. uh but that we grew up with that are getting like really old, like Gene Hackman, uh, Eastwood, Clint Eastwood. And you go back and you watch them in movies when they were just young and handsome. I, I want to say, you know, I'm talking about guys, I'm talking about girls too. When I say beautiful, they're young and beautiful. And just like we all were at one time and you look in the mirror now and you're like, man, you know, you don't, you, you might not feel different, that different inside, yeah. but you're, you know, Time marches on, but it's it's cool to see these guys, you know, in their in their uh, I don't even say heyday, but when they were coming up. Yeah. And both, I mean, Jeff Bridges was a fucking hell of an actor even then. I don't know how old he He's was. Only like twenty three. Yeah, awesome. Fucking uh, he, like I said, he wasn't just uh, just playing some well, like he just was, another pretty face. No, he wasn't just. Um, I don't know if he was a method actor or not, but it seems like he, you know, there was, like I said, I, that's the only way I can say it is there's more to him. It's not like he's just reading a script yeah, yeah, or yeah. just doing Jeff Bridges that, you know, so cool guy. Um, I just looked it up. Richard Petty definitely would not have raced, been a competitor for Junior Johnson just by, yeah. by, the, by the time that they raced 
Okay. Uh, even Junior Johnson was before Richard Petty. Yeah. If if he did if he if he caught him at any time, it would just be like when Richard Petty was just a young kid coming up right at the end of Junior Johnson's career. They're, well, they're they're actually not too far off from the same age. Really? Uh, they're uh, Junior Johnson's only six years older than Petty. Because I was going to say uh, the only time even. Uh, probably when I, I mean, it's hard to remember back. You think you remember back. I've heard people say, oh, I started watching wrestling when I was, uh, four years, three years old or four years old. I'm like, you don't remember that much about when you were three or four. You know, you, you might've been seven or eight or nine or yeah. something like that. But, um, as far back as I remember, I don't ever remember seeing Junior Johnson, uh, in a car, he was always the oh, owner. Yeah. Well, no, he retired in like '63. Yeah, so last, I mean, that was his last that was win was in '65. So, but Richard Petty, I remember when he was before he wore the ugly ass cowboy hats with the feathers all over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I always liked Richard Petty, and then man, I hated those fucking. Hats. Those are the ugly. That's his trademark now. It's like <laughs> God, I wouldn't want that trademark. Well, that that and bumping into people on the highway that are going yeah. too slow, dummy. Yeah. All right. Well, they get the fuck out of the way. So we can go ahead and uh, and rate it. Um, I mean, we uh, – I think both you and I – uh, I just looked up. He uh, – Junior Johnson also makes fried pork skins. Mm. Um, the – yeah, this, this movie I think is just on a different level than Grease Lightning. It's a similar kind of subject. Um, I think if it was better done, I'd like this – I'd like the other one better if, if, you know, if it was done a different way uh, just because – the added uh, element of the, the race relations, I think, would make it more interesting. It's just, I don't know, it's a little flatter. Um, for this one, though, um, Jeff Bridges is really good, even even though this is one of his, you know, this is not like a super memorable kind of role, but he's still really good. Um, uh, this is this is worth seeing more than once. I'd say I, I'll watch. The, I'll revisit this. It's it's a it's very very solid, and I'd give it a mm-hmm. I'd give it a seven point two five out of ten. I'm right there with you. I can't. Uh, I, I would say to you, I, it's not. Uh, it's not like a goddamn some movie, a movie that's going to make you like shit yourself. Yeah. But it's a it's a good movie. I wouldn't mind picking it up. You know, paying getting getting. Uh, you know, like I said, I, and, and it's uh, a lot of it has to do with just who's in it. You know, and their performances. Um, yeah. That's good. 7.25. 7.25. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Nice recommendation from us. Let's take another break and come back and do some feedback. Okay. We'll be right back. No one would have believed in the first years of the 21st century that Hammer films were being watched from an entertainment standpoint. No one could have dreamed that amicus films were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility that this area of film still had anything to offer. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to our own regarded this podcast with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against it. The Hamicus Podcast. Hammer and Amicus, and every tenuous link in between. Hamicus.com and iTunes. Cheers. 
that you with me. Where did you take it last night at your stoplight? When you asked me to drag him, I dropped her down that door. I left you there like you're riding no nag. You're my car, faster than your car. My clothes carry us in your clothes. My gal, sweeter than your gal, boy. You can't do nothing with me. She's got a fatter ass, too. Yeah! Yeah, baby! All right, back it up. Honky tonk, man. <laughs> that motherfucker. <clears throat> I am chomping on some almonds. <laughs> some Greg almonds. I am not. <laughs> I'm making an 11 bean soup. My house smells so good right now. I wonder what a gender cyborg is. I don't know. This movie is called Gender Knots. Like astronauts, gender knots. This documentary explores the little-known world of transgenderism through profiles of several gender cyborgs living in San Francisco Bay Area. Want to watch that? Huh. Along with Fagbug, which <laughs> I just sent you the the uh, thing for on your page. Okay. Looks like a good doc. I don't, you know what's sad? I think I'm gonna. This soup is not gonna quite be done when I have to leave for uh, work, so I won't even get it uh, in. All right. I'll let that song play all the way out. Goddamn. Ah, yum. All right. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Get her done. It's time as for we some said, feedback. It's time for some feedback. And I just want to say that uh, I'm very disappointed in one uh, cinemasochist. <laughs> and uh, I will just say I'm not going to go elaborate into uh, what's going on or why. But uh, I will just say this. Pussy. 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 A diamond upside down is a pussy. I'm a little sick. I can't fucking call in and sing. I wanted to, but oh, my chest hurts. Oh, I can't sing. All right. Here's our first voicemail. We didn't get any emails this week, so. First voicemail. Okay. Hey, Lovenzom. It's Roop. That was it. <laughs> that was the whole voicemail. And he didn't call back. So I guess he just wanted to say hi. All right, next voicemail. Hey, guys. It's the Cinemascus Justin Oberholtz here of the freaking awesome network. He can't uh, sing, but he can fucking talk. I'm going to be doing my Danny Boy impression a little later in the week. I'll make another call for that a little later this week. I just want to cover two things. One, will you? I do want to apologize for last week. Not the length, but I do want to apologize for the bandwagon comment. Was not what I meant. I actually usually don't even use the word or term. I hate it. It just was a wrong choice of words. I should it just was. I say maybe you'll get back interested in again. Not got right on your ragged edge, I boy. Just don't know why I said that. So <laughs> don't take any offense to that. Drama. Now you created the wagon itself, and then push a lot of people down that hill and just stood up at the top laughing maniacally. And the other thing is. Mostly related to wrestling, it'd be like Hamakus is. It's a tenuous link to wrestling, you could say. The little film I watched with a friend a couple weeks ago from the asylum called Two-Headed Shark Attack. That's where I got my cinematism on. Uh, This one starts coming last year, and here comes the tenuous link. Hulk Hogan, brother, his daughter, brother, Brooke Hogan. Oh, I've seen the cover of this. And she, no, nobody in this film can act, but she really can't fucking act. I mean, as horrible and... Pointless as Carmen Electra was. I mean, she really is just... Big old girl. My friend got really agitated, but I actually got a little fun with that because my friend, who was a female, um, 
she kept saying, you know, women don't walk like this, or we don't, you know, like, sunbathe like this. I'm like, well, how? She, she would actually do it herself. Like, she would kind of, like, do the sexy pose that Carmel Electra was doing, not noticing that I was tricking her into doing it. And then when she called on, she, she was like, oh, I'm like, come on, you got to admit, that was a good, t- uh, good attempt. She goes, yeah, I got to give it to you. I'm like, I, just, I found the gateway in there to get some sexy Well, pose most women her. don't have their anyway, dad rub but, you know, baby oil in their puss hole either motion, when they're laying out. Hogan has the exact same face. In tune the entire time. It's like watching January Jones. I will say this: January Jones might be prettier and maybe high class, more high class. But I would rather watch Brooke Hogan because I can't fucking stand January Jones. And pretty much it. That's why I haven't watched Mad Men. I'm just afraid she's going to ruin it for me because she she soured me. She soured X Men First Class a bit for me. Thankfully, the rest of that film, especially Fastbender and Jennifer Lawrence, really upped it up. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's those two things I wanted to talk. Oh wait, I should actually two headed jerks act, shouldn't I? Uh, it's actually about uh, inner emotions and how we deal with them through our diaries. Mm-hmm. No, okay, mm-hmm. it's about a two-headed shark and how it attacks people. Uh, it's hilarious, though, because the actual shark effects look like really bad PlayStation 1 effects. And it's hilarious because it'll be chopping on somebody, and you can tell it's rubber. Then it'll go, like, underwater where it's supposed to be showing the shark, but it'll show it that's well down underwater at the top. And now it's chewing on something. You can tell it's not chewing on anything, so blood's just squirting out of its mouth. It's really fucking hysterical, and it has created my first ever and some new little uh, rating I have. I do the A through F. Well, I got a new rating. It's called FF, which stands for Fun Failure. It's a film I can't give. You know, it stands for Killing movie. Jews, too. Oh, Merit, I can't give it a good rating. F, it's F, it's not F, So it's uh, FF, a fun failure, which is the Cinematicus 3. Get a couple of that. Means if you see the FF, get a couple of bites together. A little maybe, there. maybe get a couple of drinks or something and enjoy the terribleness of Two-Headed Shark Attack or any other film that receives that rating, which will probably be a majority of the silence catalogs. All right, hopefully I'll call, remember to call in later with my Johnny Boy song. All right, have a good one, guys. <coughs> um, you get worse every time. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought of something to say in the middle of that, and I've already forgotten what it was. I'm thinking about soup. God damn it. Okay, well, okay, 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 okay. First let me of speak all, on this, Bubba. Let me speak on this, Bubba. Um, first <laughs> question. Would you stop Brooke Hogan? Yes. Okay. If you had a choice between stop, stop, stooping, as Don Logan would say, stop, 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 stupid Don, um, <laughs> between January Jones and Brooke Hogan. Oh, January Jones in a heartbeat. She's fucking. Okay. Bru- That's who. I, I'm glad you said that because that was what I was going to say. January Jones is actually really good in Mad Men. Huh? She was painful in X Men First Class. Yeah, yeah, she really was. Uh, and uh, the the girl that was supposed to play Emma Frost. Oh my God, she's so hot. She was in that movie with Ray Liotta. Uh, I'll find it, but okay. she's a really, really super hot chick, and it was about the Border Patrol and Ray Liotta, and she was coming from Australia, and he fucked her in the ass and like made her <laughs> bleed and stuff. But very hot. Uh, let's see, uh, and and she was supposed to be in it, and she's got big boobies and everything, and then she pulled out. And January Jones, I just don't think uh, Emma Frost was is supposed to be a. Um, but but then again, I was just going to say Emma Frost in the comic book is supposed to be a very sexual person or anything, and she was not like that. But you have to think it was X-Men First Class, and it was back in time. Well, so Emma Frost in that movie was supposed to be probably younger. 
definitely and, and not the, as worldly the the thing the thing with uh with it is I don't think January Jones is a terrible actress. I mm-hmm. think who I don't remember who directed that. I think I blame it on the person that directed it because there's a lot of weird choices directorially in that film and mm-hmm. I would not doubt that he, that was just how he had her act. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who who was, directed who, that? Turd. Was, I don't even remember. It wasn't a turd. No, it wasn't <laughs> a turd. I like Fassbender. Fassbender and uh what's his face uh were were excellent in it. Um it uh, and Bacon. Bacon was good. Matt Vaughn. Oh, he did uh uh, 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 uh. Never heard of him. Yeah, you have. He did kick ass. Never heard of that either. Yeah, I've heard of it. I left that movie. Uh, 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 was uh, Alice Eve? Alice Eve. I haven't seen Alice that. Eve was fucking is so hot. Jesus H Christ. Mwah, mwah, mwah. She is she's out of my league, which I never saw that. Uh, Crossing Over is the name of the movie. It's Harrison Ford, Ray Liotta, uh, a bunch of people. But, oh, okay, uh, I know she, her. She looks kind of like... Um, she's got nice... Uh, Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Yeah, she looks like Rebecca Romaine. She got and glorious boobies. Glor- glorious. A glorious. Uh, let's, uh, oh, she's going to be in Men in Black 3. Yeah. Nope. Oh, uh, Josh Brolin's in that. He plays young Tommy Lee Jones, and he looks like him in the in the trailer. He does. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. All right. Next voicemail. Hi, fellas. It's Emily. Hey, um, I just wanted to mostly call and assure Loaf that Tiger, the um, canine actor who starred in A Boy and His Dog as the dog, uh, I don't think you have to worry about him having been mistreated. He was um, quite famous, if you will recall, season one of The Brady Bunch, Tiger played mm-hmm. himself on The Brady Bunch season one. So he was a professional. He worked with kids. He worked with, you know, Robert Reed. He, he could handle himself with Don Johnson. Um, and then the other thing... Now, he he was a very smart dog, but he was getting yelled at, and he was fucking fighting right. with a Doberman. <laughs> nah, well, it looked depressing. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Depressing movie. Moving on. This morning to the some of the, the non-movie discussion that, that often comes up in Silver Gold made me kind of want a spin-off um, adaptation of Sex and the City starring the two of you. Um, I, I'm not sure who is, who is Samantha and so on, but um, I don't, it just some of the conversations that come up uh, weirdly do feel like you guys are sitting, you know, at a diner with your Cosmos and and. You know, talking as the ladies do. That I, that's just I'm just saying. Okay. Happy Valentine's Day. Goodbye. Mm. Uh, I don't care if she does have a boyfriend. I just gave her a big kiss. Sex in the city for us, it would be like sex in the uh, redneck small town, and we would Bitter, be drinking bitterness coffee. and rape <laughs> in a small town. It would be we'd be we'd not be drinking Cosmos. We'd be drinking like PBR or yeah. um, Bush White. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be drinking woodchuck and whole milk, eating eggs and bacon and love. You know what? Let me tell you something, you motherfuckers. And I'm talking about everybody that was at that goddamn horror hound. We ate at Cracker Barrel, which is fucking country ass fucking breakfast food. I get 
two eggs over easy and like a couple strips of fucking bacon and a glass of whole milk. And I get shit from everybody at the table who I assume are like these vegan fucking hippies, uh, cinephile hippies. And then I come to find out loaf sitting there. Oh, I'm eating this and I'm eating that. And then every day we talk on the goddamn internet or on this fucking show and he's eating the fucking greasiest, worst slob, sloppy, blah food. But I don't, and- I don't drink whole milk though. But when we go to Cracker Barrel, he rips my ass like he's like, Ooh, you whole milk? Ooh, that's so gross. What the fuck? I mean, I'm serious. I was like, God, I feel like I'm out of place that I'm eating. And then, and then not only that, but then after everybody sits there and orders egg whites and a bran muffin and shit like that, we all go and everybody's fucking drinking goddamn straight scotch and pounding beers. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I think what it was, people, was it wasn't that they were eating healthy. It was that they just didn't really have the stomach for eating after the night before Probably. when they were drinking. Probably. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know you people. I, I did Fuck have them. some beautiful pancakes the night, the morning after you left. Um, yeah, I after some, I leave, you fucking eat. Oh my god, that was so good. What? I don't, I don't remember what I had that morning. I was really late. I had to like order in a hurry. Yeah, and then you went and shit for a long. No, time. No, I was shitting first, and everybody was already sitting by the time I yeah. walked out. So everybody already knows. I'm walking there in front of like 25 people at one table, doing my walk of shame, probably with a fucking toilet paper stuck to my ankle, to my heel, your <laughs> <and> mustache, <laughs> toilet paper stuck to my mustache, just shit breath. And, uh, yeah, so I don't even remember what I ordered that morning, so. I don't remember All right. either. I'm just making make yep. you look bad. We got, some, we got some music now. Yay! Hi there, it's Paul Hughes. I'm from GGN CMC, Silver and Gold Facebook page. Calling from Manchester, UK. There's my rendition of Danny Boy. Oh, Danny Boy. The pipes, the pipes are calling. From Glen to Glen and down the mountainside. Someone's gone and all the roads fall into shoot it. She must be on the side, but come back when someone's in the meadow. Or when the valley's hushed and white with snow. Cause I'll be there in the sunshine or in shadow. Oh, Danny boy. Oh, Danny boy. I love you so. I think I I think it just moved a little. I gotta tell you, it started out. I was about ready to go, eh, but man, he fucking took off. That was fucking awesome. Uh, okay, <laughs> At I think, first, I really was. I was like, oh man, I don't know about this. I think he, he called in a second one too. This is Arnold calling from California. I mean, Arnold he called in. Sorry, from the set of the Expendables tour. <laughs> Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling from glen to glen and down the mountainside. <laughs> this James Hetfield, yeah, metallic dirt. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even, I didn't know that James called in too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, give me fuel, give me fire. I really like your and, um, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Danny Boy James. But you just never apologize. That motherfucker is supporting I'm, Rick Santorum for fucking president. Now, everybody that gave me shit for calling James Hatfield a fucking puss 
He's supporting no, no, no. Rick Dave Santorum. Mustaine is. Dave Mustaine. Whatever. Same thing. Same guy. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Mustaine. The fucking uh, Irish setter of uh, rock. <laughs> fucking puss, man. What a puss. Right, we got one more. Get drunk and come to my house and be a badass motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus, this is elaborate. This is already the winner. Who who we've already declared the winner. I'm getting to have hard on. Oh, tiny boy. I should have known. The pipes. It's the king. The pipes are calling. From glen to glen and down the mountainside. <laughs> the summer's gone. And all the flowers are dying. Tis you, tis you must go, and I must find <laughs> crescendo. <laughs> are fucking getting raised, So there you go. The uh the the king has set the bar. Mm, he was already the was, winner. He didn't even uh, need to send anything in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I I am telling you what right now, the fucking you guys the the you can try. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, but woo, man, I got goosebumps <laughs> on my urethra. <laughs> All right, so, and fittingly, that is the last voicemail of the day. Yes, excellent, excellent. <clears throat> All right, so. Anyway, we're going to do some movies next week. Next week, since um, Zom uh, wanted to see a little Jack Hill film from 1975, mm-hmm. Switchblade Sisters. Yes. Now, since I was on my little uh, pinky violence kick this week. Pinker. I'm throwing in a little girl boss gorilla or Sukeban girl boss gorilla uh, from 1972. 
We figured if we were going to steal everything from GGTMC, we'd steal a little bit from uh, uh, Podcast Without Honor and Humanity, yes. too. We're just going to fucking just rip y'all off on our way to superstardom. Like Junior Johnson, ready to do the woods of Caroline. <laughs> now, um... Now, this also... Uh, Would you uh, fuck olive oil? Oh, God, no. She's hideous. Um, Have you ever put olive oil on your penis while you were masturbating? No comment. Uh, the This also has a Ryko Ike in it as well, so I'm very excited about seeing her topless again. She's on the poster with her shirt off, which is fun stuff. So some girl bikers next week. We got them coming to you in your ear holes. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know. Uh, thanks to everybody that called in uh, to, uh, to uh, Paul and Higgins for the Danny Boys. Uh, check out Emily at uh, DeadlyDollsHouse.blogspot.com and Gleecast. And I've heard rumblings that girls on film might be coming by. I don't believe it. I I don't. I just don't believe you it. Believe it when you hear it. Um, yeah, thanks, you know. Thanks to Roop for saying hi. And. Uh, hi, Freaking awesome network, Justin. Check out his uh, site as well. Freaking, freaking William. Freaking awesome network. Action Attraction's a good one too. I like oh, that. God. Fuck that guy. Yeah, you know what they do up there in Michigan? Yeah, I do know what they do up there in Michigan. <laughs> they hire, uh, they fire, or fucking, they don't fire them. They just take over, put dictators and fucking charges whole cities. And, uh, and elected officials don't have to do shit. And love to the gentleman's guide. Uh, you guys, we killed, love you. you. You killed, you killed that uh, Kickstarter thing. That was fucking hilarious. Two months to get five hundred bucks, and they rock it out in twenty minutes. So, 20 so good minutes. on you guys. Yeah. Hey, don't cash that check until Monday. <laughs> uh, so that's about it for us this week. Like I said, tune in next week for our Switchblade Sisters and Girl Boss Gorilla double feature. Uh, Zom, do you have anything else to add? What's up? I'm going to go finish my soup. Clean. <clears throat> oh, my God. Zom just sent me a picture on now Facebook. You know. Now I know that what we've... Good God. Was, uh, one of the things that was discussed <laughs> during the <laughs> oh my Skype party. And I oh will say God. this. Um, we did have a really good time. That was one of the first... Well, I would like to think of our action attraction episode as a Skype party. <laughs> but this was a lot of fun. We were going to do best of the best uh, and watch it at the, all at the same time. Uh-huh. But we never even got around to the movie. And I had to get off to go to work. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, hey, uh, it, uh, anytime that uh, anybody... I usually don't keep my Skype up. But uh, anytime that uh, anybody wants to, uh, you know, do that or whatever, you know, and you're just sitting around and, you know, think it'd be fun, yeah, put it on uh, our message board on Silver and Gold. And, uh, you know, anybody that wants to get in there, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and, um, you know, we even got uh, Emily to show up. Uh, She wasn't scheduled. She made a guest appearance. And uh, we kicked around some ideas and came up with some movie ideas and that uh was where Pusshole ant farm and then later the sequel spin off to that Pusshole beehive, beehive uh, actually came up so it's not all just joking around and being stupid yep it's all and uh catheterization oh god that, isn't gross. that something that is really bad so it's right. a, it was a good idea I, I took that down right <clears throat> Yeah, we would probably get a, well. I don't know, whatever. Because there wasn't just that one; there was other ones too. Okay, yeah, yeah it's I a lot. I went over the board. <laughs> <laughs> over All right. The board. 
Well, that's about it. Uh, that is about it for us this week. So, until next time, this is Loaf Oot. Hey, this is Metal Mikey. And Sam. Oot. Bye-bye. Ha, ha, ha.